This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that awaits you there. Once again, freetalklive.com here tonight. It's Ian. Allie. And Mark. All right. So, uh, by the way, some of the features over at our website include the fact that you can control the content. So when you find something that you think is interesting online, whether it's uh, something serious, fun, news-related, or just some video that you like, you can submit it over at freetalklive.com as show prep, and then other listeners can vote as to whether or not they like or dislike what you've suggested. So head over to freetalklive.com. You can get interactive there. That's freetalklive.com. And there's something that's, I guess... Turning into some pretty big news, you can tell because people on Facebook are changing their profile pictures uh, <laughs> to to the CISPA profile picture. That's how you know. And uh, for those that don't uh, may, well, for those that don't recall, there was something uh, recently called SOPA, the Stop Online Piracy Act. Uh, that was pretty much killed dead in the water by a variety of people on the internet. Yeah, uh, basically, protesting. people people in America got so. You know, worked up over the SOPA and PIPA thing that they just scuttled it. Thank goodness. Uh, but yeah. we predicted on this program that it would likely come back again, and it, it has, essentially. I mean, it's not the exact same thing, but it's basically the same thing. It's, uh, it's called CISPA now. And there's news all over the place uh, because apparently the House has voted in favor of this, the Cyber Intelligence Sharing and Protection Act, because for some reason – Technology experts need the government to help them protect their systems. I'm sure they would like that. (laughs) No, this is not – no, this has nothing – no, I don't think they would actually because most tech people that I know don't much appreciate the government's involvement at all in their sector. In fact, it seems to me that the tech industry has been fine at taking care of themselves. So what's this You saw the big scare about Iran is now going to attack us or something on the internet. Us? The United States? Meaning the U.S. government Mm -hmm. or like – you know, some website based probably on the, the US, U.S. government. I'm sure. Well, great. I, I think they should. Uh, I would love to see uh, the U.S. government servers get uh, taken down. Think well, I think fantastic. that uh, you know, as as steel sharpens steel, uh, you'll get better if you get attacked. So your defenses will get better. So I have a quote from the vice president of Facebook who supports this policy. He says, "When one company detects an attack, sharing information about that attack promptly with other companies can help protect those other companies and their users from being victimized by the same attack." Uh, similar- What's stopping them from doing that now? I don't know. He says, similarly, if the government learns of an intrusion or other attack, the more it can share about that, that attack with private companies and the faster it can share the information, the better the protection for users in our systems. Oh, so he's presuming the government is somehow going to be efficient or That's what people always helping. assume every time they pass yeah. a law. The assumption is that the government will be efficient. I would love to see the one instance where government has been efficient because – I, I'm I still have waiting yet to, to find it. it. I mean, I just sent in a vehicle registration form. It took them eight weeks to get back to me. It, it, they, they say it's three days uh, until they'll answer an email. They get your cell phone turned on in an hour, right? Uh, most of the time, yeah, you turn it on at the store. Probably less than an hour once you decide what phone you want. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, this is this. Well, let's get into the details on on what this is, Mark. You've got some uh, some information from Tech Dirt. Yeah, on exactly what is included in this uh, Cyber Intelligence Sharing and Protection Act. Because, again, it seems to me like the industry is doing a fine job protecting itself. I see no reason why the government needs to get involved. That's just going to make things worse and more bureaucratic. Uh, but, of course, this isn't about them helping industry. This is about the government uh, making it so they can invade your privacy. That's what this is about. It's about the government being able to control, you know, 
the internet as much as it possibly can. That's what this is about. So um, one thing you need to know is that they they jammed this through, uh, got a real fast vote on it in the House of Representatives, and it's through the House. Um, 248 to 168. Hasn't made it to the Senate yet, so we don't know. But, I mean, you know, the part of the scary thing is through at this point. Um, Secondly... There was an amendment added to it uh, by a representative with the inauspicious last name of Quayle, and um, that apparently sailed through. So this that that modified the bill to us to some extent, and it basically means now with the modifications that CISPA is no longer even a cybersecurity bill at all. The government would be able to search information. Um, that it collects under CISPA for the purposes of investigating American citizens with complete immunity from all privacy protections as long as they can claim, claim that someone committed a cybersecurity crime. Basically, it says the Fourth Amendment doesn't apply online at all. Moreover, the government could do whatever it wants with the data as long as it can claim that someone was in danger of bodily harm or that children were somehow threatened Again, not with notwithstanding absolutely any other law that would normally limit the government's power. So somehow, incredibly, it was described as limiting CISPA. That's the, uh, the that's the, the, the amendment. The amendment there, and that's what CISPA is about now. Yep. So, so they can what gather all kinds of information. Everything online's theirs. Yeah. Everything. There and, is no privacy online wow. at all under this bill. None. Zero. Zip. Anything you thought was private wasn't private. Now, I never imagined for a second anything online was private. Yeah, Um, don't they already know, basically, don't they already have access to pretty much everything online unless, I guess, foreign companies that hold them somehow accountable to the federal government now, too, right? I couldn't tell you. I mean, you know, the the federal government believes that it has, uh, the United States federal government believes that it has control over the whole world. All you have to do is see how it acts around the world. So I wouldn't doubt for a second that they're collecting all the information they want to collect and they're looking at it in any way they want. Um, You know, a law isn't going to change what they're doing. Well, right. And what are the boundaries on one particular national government wanting to intrude on the Internet? Because the Internet basically is the world. I mean, so what if some other government's like, well, we want to regulate the Internet, too. I mean, what, well, they what do are the it boundaries? already in uh, in I think it was Australia that had passed a Internet filtering bill where everyone is essentially behind a government filter and you can't access certain uh, types of websites that the government doesn't want you to access. And of course, it started with the idea that there were certain types of porn that they wanted to keep out of the country. And you know, this is the foot in the door that they will use, just like they are here saying the children. We've got to we've got to protect children online. And so therefore, we need total access to absolutely everything in order to keep if it just keeps one child safe yeah sure it's of course totally worth it it's going to be their perspective well you know that's that's how they try to get it through i don't know if people are going to be able to shoot it down i sincerely don't worry don't worry president obama has threatened to veto the bill if it comes across his desk because you know he would always do what he says he's going to do right remember how he threatened to veto the national defense authorization act yes but then he before he signed it you mean Right. Yeah. Right. So I think there are a lot of people out there that are looking at this and maybe they maybe they don't remember that Obama has threatened to veto bills before and has gone ahead and signed them. 
And usually the the statement is, well, I felt they uh, changed the bill appropriately enough mm-hmm. prior to me signing it. I'm going to go ahead and sign this. And I think he said he – I was looking back at the NDAA articles, uh, the National Defense Authorization Act, and he said that he signed it with reservations. <laughs> so it's all right. I mean I have reservations about this. I, you know, I am uh, concerned about privacy. I'm concerned about Americans' privacy, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and sign this anyway because, well, the children. Yeah. Right. That's one of the games I've noticed that anytime I'm, you know, what does Obama have to say for himself when he signed this thing? He's always acting as if he doesn't have real authority. But then, as you know, he can he can order an assassination of any American mm-hmm. citizen he wants. You know, that's that seems like ultimate authority. I think you can refuse to sign a bill if you disagree with it. Sure. Well, I mean, they're playing a game and the game is let's see if we can make it so the American people don't protest this uh, too harshly. Obama will come out. The You know, the Senate and the House will pass this. The Senate will probably modify it some more or whatever. It'll end up getting passed by both the Senate and the House. And the whole time Obama will say, you know, this is bad. This looks really bad. I don't think I'm going to sign this thing. It's it's not looking good for this CISPA. And uh, people will take him at his word for whatever reason. I'm not sure why. You'd think that at this point he wouldn't have any more credibility left with anyone. But some people will see that and they'll say, oh, well, it's all right. They've, it's all right that they passed it. I mean, it's bad that they passed it. But at least Obama will veto it. Thank goodness we've got Obama in office. And then he'll go ahead and sign it. And then what? And then it's law. That's right. And then they'll do whatever they want. Well, we know they pretty much already are doing whatever they want. But uh, this will make it so it's legal, right? 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. They also won't enforce it for a couple of years. That way, um, you know, they could say, hey, it's been law for a couple of years. It's not like it's a new law you're getting caught up under. You can take control of the airwaves here. 1-855-450-3733. Maybe you want to bring something to, to the table about this CISPA. Certainly, we haven't covered it in great detail. So feel free to add to the discussion or bring up whatever you want. Free Talk Live. The Seasteading Institute. They want to create freedom on the open seas. Did you know they're having a conference? You could meet fellow forward thinkers and discover where you fit into the up-and-coming for-profit seasteading sector. It's May 31st to June 2nd at La Meridian Hotel in San Francisco. Discounted registration prior to May the 1st. Special rates for students and the press. Get 10% off with promo code FTL. Get registered before May the 1st at seasteading.freetalklive.com. Seasteading.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com, and you'll find the features that we have there for you are completely free. So enjoy those. We've got a bulletin board system, which allows you to interact with other Free Talk Live listeners. bbs.freetalklive.com takes you there. Plus, there's a show notes section. That will allow you to see some of the stuff that we've talked about on the air after the fact. Go to bbs.freetalklive.com. And if you've got a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, get in touch with SACL CAI. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients too. SACL CAI. You can see their banner right at the top of our banner column over at freetalklive.com. At least you still can until uh, this government 
takes more control over the internet, which of course they've been trying to do for the last decade, uh, ever since they realized that, hey, this internet thing is not going away. Uh, well, there's a lot of money out there. We, we need to do something about this. I think they just hate the freedom on the internet. You well, know, there's people- money and freedom out there, and they don't like that. I mean, they don't like money changing hands without getting a cut, so they want to figure out a way to tax the internet. They've been trying to do that. <clears throat> and they certainly don't like people just doing what they want uh, without asking for permission. So the internet is very offensive to the people and the ideas, uh, you know, the, the people of the government, the people calling themselves authorities. And now we're getting to the point where these mega corporations are out there pimping the idea, essentially, that the government should have more control and more uh, ability to invade your privacy online. Because that's basically what's going on. Ali, you were saying that the uh, one of the heads of Facebook has come out in favor of this. Of course, we already know that Facebook is more than happy to work with law enforcement in whatever way is requested of them. We know that they track everything that you do, that they have logs of everything you've ever done on Facebook. Even if you've deleted something, it's still there. Uh, you can't see it, but they've still got it in their archives. And so Facebook has essentially become you know, a profiling mechanism for the federal government should they want to use it for that purpose. Of course, it's also an incredibly useful tool, and so therefore I'm on I'm on there, and I think both of you guys are on there as well. So somebody has to tend the radishes at Farmville, <laughs> right? So what, I never hear anyone complain about the internet except to say that they don't like that there's a lack of privacy. This bill doesn't do anything but hurt the the privacy problem with the internet. That's all that it does. It doesn't. You know, I never hear anyone say, man, the Internet's just so damn convenient. I just hate it. You know, there's it, it's a great thing. It doesn't it need is. tampering with. Right. Uh, right. The, I mean, the Internet has done a fine job on its own of protecting itself. There are attacks out there. Certainly there are hackers and people like that. But those hackers are mostly targeting the mega corporations and uh, the police departments and the government websites. I mean, these are the people that are being targeted by Anonymous and Lulzsec and uh, you're right banks. I mean, again, mega corporations, they're probably not going after your mom and pop bank in town, but they are going after, you know, Bank of America and folks like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, so I don't see what the problem is, personally. And obviously, we don't look at it from the government people's perspective. They see it as a problem that anyone has privacy online, and they want to put a stop to it. At all, yeah. But uh, Declan McCullough over at CNET.com has uh, the fact, the frequently asked questions regarding how CISPA would affect you. And for those that don't know Declan McCullough, the guy does some really great work. He is uh, a columnist over at CNET, and I've had the chance to meet him uh, briefly when he was at the Liberty Forum a few years ago. A really liberty-oriented dude, and he's also Johnny on the spot when it comes to your freedoms online. He does a really great job of covering this stuff. So let me get uh, to what he uh, thinks about this here at 855-450-FREE. It took a debate that stretched to nearly seven hours and votes on over a dozen amendments, but the U.S. House of Representatives finally approved CISPA, the Cyber Intelligence Sharing and Protection Act, on April 26th. That was yesterday. Passions flared on both sides before the final vote, which cleared the House by a comfortable margin of 248 to 168. According to a Colorado Democrat and one-time web entrepreneur, also a rep- representative in this, that house. He says CISPA would waive every single privacy law ever enacted in the name of cybersecurity and allow the military and NSA to spy on Americans on American soil. Allowing them to do that goes against every principle this country was founded on. And 
And what? The people on the House floor are like, so? Right. <laughs> uh, by the way, this was bipartisan. Um, it's Yeah, it had to have been. Yeah, it was. I think they, they said that dozens of each people from each side switched sides or whatever. So a bunch of Democrats voted for it. A bunch of, you know, a bunch of Republicans voted against it. But mostly they all voted for it. Now, 248 of them voted for it. So uh, Representative Mike Rogers, a Republican from Michigan, the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, responded by telling his colleagues to ignore all the things they're saying about the bill that aren't true. He pleaded, stand for America. <laughs> ignore everything that's not true. Stand for America, <laughs> he says. Support this bill. Now, they go on to point out that apparently uh, uh, 206 Republicans voted for it. 28 were against, 42 Democrats for, 140 against. House Minority Leader said afterward that CISPA didn't strike the right balance, and Republicans didn't allow amendments to strengthen privacy protections. The ACLU, on the other hand, told CNET that the amendments, even if they had been allowed, would not have been very effective. They just put the veneer of privacy protections on the bill and will garner more support for the bill, even without making substantial changes. So, basically, it's all for show. Just in case you were thinking, boy, the Democrats, they sure were standing strong on this. It's all for show. What they'll do often is, um, you know, they'll, they'll make sort of a deal. Ba- the backroom deal is, look, uh, we know it's going to be a rough year for Democrats or, we're, you know, for us, the Democrats. And uh, we, we, need, we need to get some votes in 2012 and get more people in the House and that kind of thing. So I'll tell you what, uh, our weak members, what you do is you vote against it because we need the young vote. And the young vote's going to hate this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need the young vote. And so you guys vote against but we know we've got enough uh, we've talked to the republicans and we got enough to pass this by a good margin so you know just the people that need to be able to keep their seats we're gonna have them vote against right this crap happens and then after the fact even though this has passed it still has to go to the senate where it could be modified again right and then it would be sent back for another it would vote have to be, yeah sent back so we're probably not quite near the finish line on this thing yet do not uh, sleep at the wheel no certainly not they didn't rush this through for no reason the ACL, uh, let's see here, CISPA heads to the Senate next where related cybersecurity legislation has been stalled for years. Uh, Senate Majority Leader said he'd like to move forward with the legislation, however, in May. Its outlook is uncertain. Senate Democrats may be less likely than House Republicans to advance CISPA after the White House's veto threat on April 25th. Of course, as we know, the White House has vetoed or threatened to veto things before and then went ahead and signed them. So that's in by no means any kind of security here. The administration said CISPA effectively treats domestic cybersecurity as an intelligence activity and thus significantly departs from longstanding efforts to treat the Internet and cyberspace as civilian spheres. CISPA's opponents are already rallying Americans to contact their senators to oppose CISPA. Demand Progress has created a petition, uh, which you can find over at demandprogress.org. The Electronic Frontier Foundation says it vows to continue the fight in the Senate. But what does CISPA do? Uh, does it let the national agency, security agency, spy on Americans? Well, CISPA wouldn't formally grant the NSA or Homeland Security any additional surveillance authority. But it would usher in a new era of information sharing between companies and government agencies with limited oversight and privacy safeguards. The House Rules Committee rejected a series of modestly pro-privacy amendments, which led a coalition of civil liberties groups to complain that amendments that are imperative won't even be considered in a letter the following day. Uh, So there's more coming up here at 855-450-FREE. Why is CISPA so controversial is the next question. So we'll find out what the answer to that is and give you more information about this so-called Cyber Intelligence Sharing and Protection Act, which has passed the House. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. In every age, 
a technology is created that upends the foundations of society, the wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll free and bring up anything you want or comment on CISPA. It is the scary new piece of legislation that has passed through the House, 248 to 168, the Cyber Intelligence Sharing and Protection Act. We'll continue to give you a little bit more information about that here in moments. Imagine it's the future and you're an astronaut returning from a mission in a far out reaches of space. You enter Earth's orbit and notice something's terribly wrong. There are no signs of violence. The animals are fine, and yet not a single human can be found anywhere on the planet. Find out what happens next at Portal1986.com. Portal1986.com. Toll-free number again, 855-450-FREE. We're talking about the Cyber Intelligence Sharing and Protection Act. I want to invite you over to our website where you can get interactive in various different ways. Uh, you can actually sign up for news updates over at news.freetalklive.com. We'll send you emails or Twitter or Facebook updates whenever uh, there's something going on with Free Talk Live you need to know about. So go to news.freetalklive.com and get signed up there for free. That's news.freetalklive.com. Declan McCullough over at cnet.com has the frequently asked questions about how CISPA would affect you. And as he points out that uh, the CISPA thing is not going to necessarily formally grant the NSA or Homeland Security any additional surveillance authority, but it would usher in, he says, a new era of information sharing between companies and government agencies with limited oversights and privacy safeguards. He goes on to say that uh, there are several different groups that oppose CISPA, including the ACLU, uh, the American Library Association, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, Libertarian-Leaning Tech Freedom, uh, so on and so forth. There's a number of them. And uh, why is CISPA so controversial? Oh, by the way, Representative Ron Paul, he mentions here, did warn that CISPA represents the latest assault on Internet freedom. So as you probably already guessed, Ron Paul's the only presidential candidate who's going to come out and oppose uh, CISPA. But what's, believe that. what sparked significant privacy worries is the section of CISPA that says, quote, Notwithstanding any other provision of law that, unquote, companies may share information, quote, with any other entity, including the federal government, unquote. It doesn't, however, require them to do so. By including the word notwithstanding, the House committee chairman intended to make CISPA trump all existing federal and state civil and criminal laws. And uh, it apparently would trump wiretap laws, web companies' privacy policies, gun laws, educational record laws, census data, medical records, and other statuses that protect information. Sure. Any, so any laws out there intended to protect your information from being shared won't work. This will override all of that. Uh, for cyber, according to the ACLU, for cybersecurity purposes, all of those entities can turn over that information to the federal government. And, of course, uh, whether they're forced to or not, we all know that uh, they're going to. They do. <laughs> they just do. It's very rare that you come across a corporation that is going to stand up to the feds. Now and then, it does happen. But it's pretty rare. 
because they know that if they stand up to the feds, they're in the black book, that they're yep. going to be targeted, that there's some, some piece of legislation is going to oh, come yeah. out. Oh, yeah, you don't want to turn that over to us? No yeah. problem. Right. I've got some friends of the IRS. They want to talk to you. Exactly. Now, if CISPA were enacted, a part of the problem is we don't know exactly what's going to happen. This according to an attorney at the Electronic Frontier Foundation. He says, I worry you can get a version of cybersecurity warrantless wiretapping out of this. And of course, this is a good point. Like, even though it sounds like this, like if you read the bill, it sounds like what you think it sounds like. It's not going to be the same when the bureaucrats get a hold of it. Once the once it's passed, it'll be up to the bureaucrats who are at the NSA and these other agencies that could benefit from this to interpret the legislation. So your interpretation of what it says or Declan McCullough's interpretation of the ACLU's may not have any relation to the interpretation that the government people give it as they're the ones who are enforcing it. So it may end up playing out worse than everyone's even imagining. And then if you decide that, let's say you're running some sort of tech company or your privacy has been invaded or, or somehow this has affected you and you somehow find out about it because usually there's a lot of secrecy surrounding what they can sure. get into and not. They can't even tell you that they've uh, – they've, you know, even if you ask, right. they won't so, tell you. So let's say you've been violated and you somehow find out that uh, you've been violated and you look through this uh, CISPA, which is probably hundreds of pages long, and manage to identify a, a provision and you could, say, you could say, well, wait a minute. This clearly says that I shouldn't have been violated in this case. Well, then you've got to fight it all the way up through the Supreme Court to get the court to decide what it actually means. The bureaucrats at the low level of the enforcement wing, they don't have take responsibility for their actions. No. They don't have any uh, liability. The for- judges on the lower level don't even bother to pretend like they're attempting to enforce the Constitution on the, the constitutionality right. of something. They just said, look, we follow the law. So unless. Oh, yeah. And the law says whatever the prosecutor says it says. So they say that uh, let's see. I had a situation here where I was in court, and I clearly showed them that they had not proven what the law requires them to prove, and they still found me guilty. CISPA's authorization for information sharing extends far beyond web companies and social networks. It would also apply to internet service providers, including ones that already have an intimate relationship with Washington officialdom. Large companies, including AT&T and Verizon, handed billions of customer records to the NSA, and only Quest refused to participate. Verizon turned over customer data to the FBI without court orders, so all they have to do is send a letter. And that's how it is now. So it's already bad. According to this piece here over at CNET.com, Verizon, excuse me, an AT&T whistleblower accused the company of illegally opening its network to the NSA, which is a practice that the Congress retroactively made legal in 2008. No problem. Next question on the fact. Are there other examples of this public-private cooperation for eavesdropping? Unfortunately, yes, according to Declan McCullough, the longest-serving deputy director, Louis Tordella of the NSA, acknowledged overseeing similar project to intercept telegrams as recently as the 1970s. It relied on the major telegraph companies, including Western Union, secretly turning over copies of all messages sent to or from the United States. Well, at least with telegrams, somebody, somebody might have a chance of reading all of those. Can you imagine trying to catch all the emails? Yeah. All of the big international carriers were involved, but none of them ever got a nickel for what they did. Tordella, you know, I, I, I doubt very seriously that the the terrorists, uh, you know, put their names on their, you know, it's M. Abdulaziz mm-hmm. at yahoo.com. I mean, I doubt very seriously you're just going to be able to search through these things easily and find out who they're from. Well, they're they- going to write in codes. They probably just like do searches for words. Like, have like you ever bomb. been? Yeah, have you ever been writing something and you're just, you know, you're saying. 
you're the bomb or something. And you're kind of thinking like, wow, what if this gets searched for? Because they use the word bomb and they're going to be reading my message. What think, about money bomb um, and the Ron exactly, Paul people constantly? Good, well, I think it's I don't great. Doubt Let's put more noise out the term there. Bomb. I think it's good. Let's put more noise out there for them to read and, and get confused about. Louis Tordella, the longest serving deputy director of the NSA, acknowledged over – oh, excuse me. He said uh, before his death all of these things, the admissions about how they were sneaking and uh, sneaking a look at uh, all the telegrams. Felt bad about it? Uh, he admitted it on his de- essentially on his deathbed according to a history written by so-and-so. The telegraph interception operation was called Project Shamrock. It involved a courier making daily trips from the NSA's headquarters in Maryland to New York to retrieve digital copies of the telegrams on magnetic tape. President Nixon, plagued by anti-Vietnam protests and worried about foreign influence, ordered that Project Shamrock's electronic ear be turned inward to eavesdrop on American citizens. In 1969, he met with the heads of the NSA, CIA, and FBI and authorized an intercept program. Later, he withdrew the formal authorization, but informally, police and intelligence agencies kept adding names to the watch list. At its peak, 600 American citizens appeared on the list, including singer Joan Baez, pediatrician Benjamin Spock, Actress Jane Fonda and the Reverend, Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. So anybody who might have been considered a dissident uh, back in those days would have been added to this domestic watch list. So just like that, it's been going on for decades. Apparently, this has continued. In his 2006 book titled State of War, a New York Times reporter, James Rison, wrote that the NSA has extremely close relationships with both the telecommunications and computer industries, according to several government officials. Only a very few top executives in each corporation are aware of such relationships. In a recent Wired article, author James Bamford described how the NSA is currently building the nation's biggest spy center, a $2 billion facility in the Utah desert. According to a former NSA official... He said that the NSA's back door into the U.S. telecommunications network goes far beyond AT&T's facility in San Francisco. He says, I think there's 10 or 20 of them. That's not just San Francisco. They have them in the middle of the country and also on the East Coast. So there's a little bit more information about how this has been going on for a long time. It's going on right now. Whether or not CISPA gets passed, you should consider all of your communications as being available to anyone in the big corporate America or government that wants to listen. You right. shouldn't have uh, ever thought otherwise. Big Brother exists whether or not they're CISPA. I totally agree with that uh, point, Mark. You should always act as though you're being monitored. 855-450-FREE. SACL CAI toll free line. More about CISPA. Your thoughts welcome. Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This is Free Talk Live, toll-free number for you, 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site totally free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, 
freetalklive.com here with you tonight it's ian Allie, and mark uh and don't forget uh, some of the features on the site include the fact that you can shop with us you can go to shop.freetalklive.com get links there to amazon you click into the right amazon link for you there's one from the u.s one from the uk another from canada click into the right one that uh, is good for you and then you'll get your shopping taken care of so i needed to get another sd card today because things are so damn small you just lose them from time to time uh and i got one with free super saver shipping over at Amazon, 32 gigabytes for like thirty one ninety nine. Can you believe they could put 32 gigs on something as small as an SD card? Isn't it amazing? It is amazing. Yeah. So uh, head on over to, uh, to shop.freetalklive.com. You can get the stuff you're looking for in life, and you can feel good because you're getting a great deal. It's Amazon, and Free Talk Live is getting a portion of the sale when you enter through shop.freetalklive.com. CISPA, it has passed in the House. It is moving to the Senate. And it's basically a, kind of a retread to some extent of the Stop Online Piracy Act, SOPA. But we'll uh, ask, we'll find out from Declan McCullough exactly what the differences are here in a moment. It's the Cyber Intelligence Sharing and Protection Act is basically going to it's going to open up the the playing field, shall we say, for all manner of information sharing between mega corporations and the government, uh, the NSA, and other governmental agencies that might want to access your private information won't be a problem. Uh, now, this is from Declan McCullough's Frequently Asked Questions over at CNET.com. Would CISPA allow companies to violate their terms of service by turning over information to the feds without a search warrant? The answer? Yes. Hmm. Though, to be clear, if you trust your internet provider, email provider, and so on to protect your privacy, CISPA should not be a worrisome bill. The U.S. government can't force companies to open their databases and networks. Federal agencies can only request it. But as the warrantless wiretapping debate shows, the private sector may acquiesce. Yeah, they probably will. Likely will likely acquiesce. In fact, the bigger the corporation, the more likely they will, although mom and pops are also too afraid to stand up. So really, it's likely everybody. Unless uh, some uh, company gets into business specifically for this purpose. This to, is to an, protect people. an activist business. There was, a, there was an article about that recently that yeah. I'd seen. I wish I could remember what it was. I can't remember. I sent him an email. He hasn't started up yet. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> if, he, if he starts if he ever up, makes it. he should uh, advertise on Free Talk Live. So one reason that uh, CISPA would be useful for government eavesdroppers is that under existing federal law, any person or company who helps someone intercept any wire, oral, or electronic communication, unless specifically authorized by law, could face criminal charges. However, CISPA would trump all other laws. So essentially, if you're doing wiretapping, but you're doing it at the request of the government, not at their order. It's a completely illegal thing through this CISPA. If so, if you read emails, if you copy chat logs, if you you know sniff out packets, anything you do to anybody's internet connection as an ISP or some sort of service provider online, what where normally it might be considered wiretapping? Nope. As long as the government's asked you to do it, completely legal. So Mark made a point before the break saying that you should assume that you're always being monitored. Thanks for coming back to that because you disagreed uh, with that point during the break. Well, the more I thought about it, I was like, I don't know. I remember I used to sort of think in these terms uh, right after reading 1984 in school. I sort of started thinking about things differently when I was in private. I was thinking that maybe, you know, there could be cameras around or maybe my computer, just one big camera watching me and just sort of, you know, thinking in those terms. And I think it kind of made me a little insane. And I decided that uh, if I wanted, I decided that as long as I was a uh, truly peaceful person that I am, 
then I shouldn't be afraid and I shouldn't be paranoid about something I'm saying being taken out of context, even though it still sometimes bothers me to think mm-hmm. that I might be taken out of context. I don't allow it to influence my thought process too much. I don't look at what might be taken out of context or how something could be taken out of context. I agree with you on this point entirely. Uh, the way I operate is that, um, you know, if I'm lying, cheating, threatening, stealing, or doing those things, that that would be a deep concern to me. The reason that Ron Paul's an effective politician in Washington, D.C. is... He doesn't have any of these proclivities that these other politicians have. He's a Boy Scout. They can't get him. Otherwise, if they could get him, they would have compromised him a long time ago. I am not by nature this Boy Scout. I have shed these proclivities of mine um, in order to be able to live a life where I'm not going to be, you know, threatened or whatever. You know, nobody's going to come up with a a little manila envelope full of pictures with, um, you know, me and get some hooker or something like that. They're not going to show that to me and say, hey, shut up or your wife's going to get these. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm just I'm not going to live that way. So there you go. So I guess I like that in in public that people would be held held accountable. I don't think that, you know, in the absence of government, I don't think it would mean that people just work their whole lives are private. If you're in public, I think that you know, it's kind of you should act as if you're being watched in a sense. But certain things, you know, you wouldn't necessarily want people to know about, but they're not bad. They're just, you know, sort of a weird, quirky thing you you like or something like but maybe they into- may be illegal. I mean, what you're going to talk about here in I think probably the next hour when we get a chance is a porn producer, a fetish porn producer who is looking at an obscenity conviction. Uh, which is something that happened during the Bush administration a couple times, and I guess it's still going on. Uh, and so, it, so you know, maybe you don't even know. Maybe you're a foot fetish person or whatever. I don't know what fetish movies this guy makes. Maybe we'll find out here in a bit. But uh, let's say you're into some sort of weird fetish, and then all of a sudden that fetish is a criminal act uh, to have a video of uh, of that fetish. But you don't know that because, I mean, who the hell reads all the laws? How could you possibly know what these news, new regulations are? But then all of a sudden the cops come banging on your door because... Because they found out that you're a customer of some fetish site or, you know, you never know when they're going to show up with the manila envelope and you, you never know what is going to be inside it. Uh, so I agree with you, though, Allie, that you shouldn't act paranoid, that you shouldn't be, you know, let it get to you necessarily. And if you're not plotting violence, then that's a good thing, right? Because then they can't go after you for that if that's not what you're doing. And of course, I don't recommend any violence as a solution. I think that's a a real problem. That's what the government's prepared for, and that's not going to help us get to more freedom. But all that said, it's unreasonable to believe that your emails, should they, should someone want to get into them, would not be able to. It's unreasonable to believe that your instant message conversations, and certainly anything that you do on Facebook, won't be uh, subject to complete and total scrutiny by anyone who wants to look into it, anyone at those companies, and anyone at the NSA or the FBI or any other federal government agency it's just not private i agree with that and it doesn't actually, mean be scared it doesn't mean be paranoid it just means understand that and live your life appropriately right like i mean there are some people different friends of mine have different thresholds or levels of paranoia whereas i have some friends that will just talk about doing you know very illegal things like you know all all online and it does, they don't seem concerned at all about 
the possibility that they can get in trouble. And the, the point is that they're not intending to get in trouble. This isn't civil disobedience. This is just them talking about drugs or something. Mm-hmm. And there are other people that, you know, would never think to even suggest that they do something illegal and put that on the Internet. And I think it's probably smarter not to. I like choice B. Um, you know, that you you can be, you know, when I was in prison, they didn't do a lot of monitoring us. So they just read the mail on the way out. But, uh, you know, hey, uh, if you want to not be monitored, they'll put you in prison after they uh, have uh, got you for whatever you're talking about online. So CISPA would be very useful because it would allow anyone who helps the government look into your information, even if it's a wiretapping that they do, that would be exempt from wiretapping laws because CISPA would override it. Uh, This, again, from the frequently asked questions about CISPA over at CNET.com. Finally, is CISPA worse than SOPA? According to Declan McCullough, for all its flaws, SOPA targeted primarily overseas websites, not domestic ones. It would have allowed the U.S. Attorney General to seek a court order against the targeted offshore website that would in turn be served on Internet providers in an effort to make the target virtually disappear. It was kind of an Internet death penalty targeting websites like the Pirate Bay, not sites like YouTube, which are already subject to U.S. law. CISPA, by contrast, would allow Americans' personal information to be vacuumed up by government agencies for cybersecurity and law law enforcement purposes, as long as Internet and telecommunications companies agreed. In that respect, at least, its impact is broader. Mm. So it's not going to force the companies to play along, but But it's going to protect them from any liability that they might currently face if they were to hand over your information. They They may be liable at this point in time, but if CISPA passes... If they hand, if they go hand in hand with their buddies at the government, whether it's Verizon, AT and T, Comcast, or you name it, they will be completely protected from any kind of financial liability for their actions. And what we've seen up up to this point is that they generally do, or any criminal liability. Yeah. There's no liability whatsoever. They will essentially become the tools of the state, and the state will have complete access to all of your information. So there you go. CISPA, C I S P A. Feel free to Google for more information. And uh, you can try contacting your senators and see if that does anything. Hour two's next. Why did you move to the Shire? I moved here to the Shire because there's other people around who take liberty just as seriously as I do. I moved to the Shire because I saw videos of people challenging authority and thought that I could get support myself. It called to me, like, do this right now. I wanted to be around people like me who got it. And once I got here, I knew there was nowhere else that I wanted to be. Immigrating to the Shire was easy. I was instantly plugged into a community of individuals who also care about peace, liberty, and justice and are willing to do something about it. The people here are awesome, loving, and positive. It was for the adventure and for the feeling of something important is happening here, and I just wanted to come to sort of be part of that. Visit ShireSociety.com to read and sign the Shire Society Declaration and learn the reasons why, if you love liberty, you should immigrate to the Shire. Plus, add yourself to the Shire map at ShireSociety.com. That's ShireSociety.com. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. You can control the content 
All you have to do is submit stuff to the site as show prep. So when you find something online that you think is interesting that you would like to share with our listeners, you may do so. Submit it, and then others will vote as to whether or not they like or dislike what you've suggested. And the most liked, make it to the front page in the top of the site over at freetalklive.com. So head on over there. Get interactive. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Here uh, in the studio, it's Ian with you. Allie. And Mark. Uh, by the way, Allie's joining us courtesy of her radio program, Ladies in Keen. You can go to ladiesinkeen.com. That's K-E-E-N-E, ladiesinkeen.com, where you can hear more of Allie as well as her cohorts, uh, partners in crime, so to speak. Cecilia and Kate. Yes. Have you ever considered yourself a hort? Yes. Okay. <laughs> what is a hort, anyway? I have no idea. But if you if you have cohorts, you must be a hort. Must be. Yeah. Uh, so, ladiesandkeen.com, it is a program that focuses on some of the activism and news that's originating from the Keen area, which, of course, is where we do this radio program. Yeah, it's a chance for listeners to get sort of the feminine perspective, I guess, if you can call it that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I think the ladies sort of contribute a more... Um, uh, a perspective that's sort of unique to females, maybe about some of the issues. So, I th- and it also to try to encourage more women to move to Keene because we want to we want to see the ladies. Whether they move to Keene or not, uh, I'd like to see them in the Shire. More Liberty ladies is a good thing for this movement, and I think that the uh, the Free State Project, which is one of the sponsors of this program, uh, the Free State Project is looking better year after year as far as its ratio. One of the problems in the world of the liberty movement is that it tends to be male dominated and that's a real a real problem lots of politics tends to be male dominated it's true and i consider it a real problem Agreed. and so that's uh, it's nice to see that shifting i think in a very positive direction there are times now when i'll be at the uh, the local activity center and i'll be the only guy in the room or the ratio will be 50-50 instead of what it used to be years it's one ago 1 to 7 <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it used to be like uh, you know eighty twenty or seventy thirty ratios men to to uh, ladies. So that's that's changing. And thanks to ladiesandkeen.com for helping that. And by the way, that's uh, ladies and keen is recorded once a week, so you can go and download more Alley over there. All right, eight five five four fifty free is the toll free number here tonight. We we're talking in the first hour about CISPA, this new online legislation that is going to empower the federal government to control even more, uh, to access even more information and make it so these companies, these mega corporations, be completely free from any liability for their actions of handing over your private information or what you thought was private. And this really goes to show the, um, you know, people will often say that in a more free market world, you would have companies get larger and larger as a result. And I think that just the opposite's true, because... In fact, when uh, you know when companies get of a certain size, then they're able to lobby the government for advantages in their particular area. And this just goes to show why the government is incentivized to have larger companies because it's much easier to deal with bigger companies for them. They right. have fewer points of contact. They can uh, you know get the the compliant fewer compliant people in, involved, and you know they're good to go. It's true. And then you know consumer demand changes much faster than laws change i mean if you look at a lot of the laws in the on the books that are totally disagreeable to most people obviously uh you know people's tastes and websites they patronize and all that changes much faster than any than any law is going to change so that's going to be something where you have to have lots of competition and if people are concerned about privacy then you have to make 
the people that are patronizing your website realize that that shouldn't be a concern of theirs, and you have to follow up with that for people to believe you. But when you're the government, people just believe whatever you say, despite evidence. Well, hopefully we'll see more websites reaffirming their, you know, some sort of a dedication to privacy. <laughs> um, that would be nice. I mean, there are, there are people out nice. there. I agree. There are companies out there. In fact, uh, there was the article that you had mentioned before, Mark, about this guy, and uh, thanks to SciFace for sending this over, uh, article by Declan McCullough again over at CNET.com, talking about one man, Nicholas Merrill, who is planning to revolutionize online privacy with a concept as simple as it is ingenious, telecommunications provider designed from its inception to shield its customers from surveillance. Now, this will be a good idea as long as Nicholas Merrill isn't a federal agent himself. Uh, but uh, he's 39, and he previously ran a New York-based ISP, told CNET he's raising funds to launch a national nonprofit telecommunications provider dedicated to privacy using ubiquitous encryption that will sell mobile phone service and for as little as $20 a month Internet connectivity. The ISP would not merely employ every technological means at its disposal, including encryption and limited logging, to protect its customers. It would also, and in practice, this is likely more important, challenge government surveillance demands of dubious legality or constitutionality. So uh, apparently you, you attempted to contact this guy and his, uh, he's still in the, the phase of raising money for this, right? right? So it hasn't happened yet. But it sure is a great idea, and I hope that he actually follows through with it. I, it would seem that there would be plenty of interest in people who would like to become this man's customers. Of course, I would imagine the feds would also really be interested in his customer list as well. Yeah. He better move once he opens up. You mean up. out of the U.S.? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's it's great. I mean, the guy is clearly uh, really brave to be doing something like this. He, is, he needs to set up a server on sea land. He's the first ISP executive to fight back against the Patriot Act's expanded police powers and win. In February of 2004, the FBI sent Merrill a secret national security letter, not an actual court order signed by a judge, asking for confidential information about his customers and forbidding him from disclosing the letter's existence. We've talked about these right. national security letters. We might letters. have very well talked about this guy because we've certainly talked about these stories. He enlisted the ACLU to fight the gag order and won. A federal judge barred the FBI from invoking that portion of the law, ruling that it was an unconstitutional prior restraint of speech in violation of the First Amendment. So how many other people were issued these national security letters and just did what they were told? Because the national All security letter – right. The national security letter is a, uh, a threatening letter coming from the, some federal government agency that says, hey, you, you can't tell anyone you've received this and we need this information from you. Now either hand it over or else. And that's pretty scary, right? Like sure. the federal government's coming down on you and they're intimidating you to the point where they're saying – you can't even tell anyone we've contacted you. If you tell someone you've received this letter, we're going to hurt you. I mean, that's basically what this national security letter is all about. This guy had the courage to say, I'm going to take this on. And he did. And he won, which, you know, credit to the judge that ruled in his favor. But most people aren't willing to do that. Most people don't know how to do that stuff. They, they, thankfully, the ACLU was willing to help him out. Does that make you feel more sympathetic to companies when they are complying with these laws, knowing that they are under the threat of a gun? No, <laughs> no, because the, the big corporations can afford lawyers. So it, if, the, if a big corporation wanted to, they could go ahead and, and fight these things. 
But they also know that they'll be targeted with regulations and targeted with other things. So no, I mean, I don't have – I guess I – OK. I guess I could have sympathy for them, but I can't empathize uh, as well because, look, if more of these companies were to stand up to the feds, we wouldn't have the problems we have. So it's these people, these big corporations that are part of the, the problem. They're not part of the solution. They could be part of the solution, but yeah, that would require them taking some level of risk. And I can only really appreciate companies that are willing to take risk. I mean, didn't you take risk when you got into business in the first place? Isn't getting into business a risk in the first place because you're risking all kinds of money and you're putting, you know, pouring time and effort into something that may not actually pan out? So business owners shouldn't be unfamiliar with risk. It's part and parcel of doing business. Well, I guess sure I'll are. I guess I'll defend them a little bit by saying when they're starting up their company, then the risk is on them. And when once the company expands and they have all these employees and these millions and millions of users who depend on their company or their website in all kinds of ways, then you're risking a lot of people's, uh, you know, sense of their lives a lot of people you know if, if facebook says you know what screw the feds i'm just you know we're we're gonna keep all of this private you know that's kind of a dreamland awesome but but if facebook goes under then you know all three of us have no facebook so we're gonna have that's to find okay. a different There's way to something communicate. New. yeah right I mean, well what about those MySpace? All, what about those people that have jobs at facebook and remember as a business owner your They'll obligation jobs. is to the shareholders and to the people with uh, that work for you 855-450-FREE that's the SACL CAI toll free line well I would want people working for me and shareholders who gave a damn about privacy and if they don't care well it's too bad for them most people don't more coming up free talk live here on free talk live we've been pretty excited about the bitcoin it's a decentralized free market digital currency you can learn more about it at weusecoins.com but if you already have some bitcoins and you'd like to spend them you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com when you spend bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. Allie. And Mark. And some of our features include listening choices. We have live streams, broadband, midband, and narrowband versions of the show available 24 hours a day. The latest episode is there at listen.freetalklive.com. Plus, our over 100 great radio stations on AM and FM, AM and FM across the country. You can get a list of those. In addition, our satellite listening choices, including XM Satellite Radio, where we're on two different channels. And in addition to that, our KU band free-to-air channel, the webcam, and the listen lines are all available for you over at listen.freetalklive.com. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? 
ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, boating equipment. They've got all the name brands, and they've got the best prices you're going to be able to find, likely at a major retailer on the on the internet. Uh, ManVentureOutpost.com, they're family-owned and members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau. I've got a couple of my friends who have uh, uh, purchased from ManVentureOutpost.com, and you know, like myself, but they they're big outdoors uh, enthusiasts, so they know what the prices are on these things, and they're stunned by the rates. So. If you're into outdoors-type stuff, go to manventureoutpost.com. Use coupon code FTL. Get an additional 5% off. You can use it every time. Coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from manventureoutpost.com. All right. So, again, the toll-free number tonight, 855-450-FREE. I think we pretty much covered the CISPA thing. If you feel like there's something that we've missed, feel free to get on the lines here and clear it up or add your thoughts into the discussion, 855-450-FREE. Still to come here, uh, some disturbing news out of the federal government, uh, out of D.C., where they are prosecuting yet another pornographer, uh, somebody who is a fetish pornographer, for so-called obscenity charges. Ali is going to tell us about that. Uh, according to the New York Daily News, this is uh, news that we hadn't we mentioned last night, we didn't get a chance to get to it, Swiss newspaper Tagnus... Tagus Anziger reports that a woman starved to death after embarking on a spiritual diet that required her to stop eating and drinking and live off sunlight alone. The Zurich newspaper reported Wednesday that the unnamed Swiss woman in her 50s decided to follow the radical fast in 2010 after viewing an Austrian documentary about an Indian guru who claims to have lived this way for 70 years, which, of course, is just not possible. Uh, Tag- well, now we know. Tagus Anzinger <laughs> says there have been. I think we should thank this lady. But you know, everybody should send a little thank you. There have been similar cases of self-starvation in, in other places, uh, including Germany, Britain, and Australia. The prosecutor's office confirmed the woman died in uh, January of 2011. Uh, and then that's pretty much it. There's not much more to the story here, but uh, just wow! How could you possibly be so deluded into believing that you wouldn't need water? How long? How long did she last? It I, it couldn't be much more than a few days. I mean, as I Not understand it, if days. you go more than like three days without water, you're done for. Hmm. That's what I've heard. I mean, I haven't heard those numbers in a long time, but I've heard it's uh, three days without water and like seven days without food. But I've heard of people doing these water fasts. Uh, I know of somebody. I think you can go quite a bit more than seven days without food. Yeah, but but water you, you can't. No, there's like a real pretty hard limit on yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, so. But there is somebody that I know that uh, a friend of the shows, I guess, uh, that is on a water fast right now, and I have to say I'm pretty scared for him. I mean, that sounds really dangerous to do nothing but drink water for several, like a couple weeks. I honestly wouldn't be too worried about someone who says I'm going to do a water fast because if they have ex, unless they're saying I'm going to keep myself from having access to food, they will eat when they get hungry. The temptation to eat when you're fasting is. Have like, you fasted? Um, I've fasted before. and sure. For how long? Um, I did a juice fast for a week once. Or maybe I didn't last a whole week. All I know is that it's <laughs> stupid because as soon as you're just, okay, I'm going to start eating again, you like eat more than you ever would really? like normally. Really? You would think your stomach would have shrunk and you eat it would enough, be more difficult. Well, you expand it. <laughs> I see. Yeah, the temptation no. to eat is I wouldn't like, think your great. stomach would shrink inside of a week's time. I would think it would take quite a few weeks, but... What? You know, I, I, it makes well, me on. wonder why in the world wouldn't they just go for some vegetables? Hey, vegetables. Who? What diet has ever said no vegetables veggies? are bad? I mean, 
I just never heard of it. No. What was it that inspired you to go on a juice fast? Um, it was sort of like it was like a wanting to lose weight thing mixed with like a sort of supernatural, like this is going to detoxify me sort of thing. This, this is in high I've school. Heard. Yeah. Right. This is what uh, the the gentleman in question is saying is one of the reasons why he's doing the uh, the water fast is because it's some sort of a detoxifying thing, which is complete. Just is that bunk? Yeah. It sounds like bunk. Well, to I me. think your liver needs a break now and then. Depends on uh, how much toxin. I, I kind of like eating. Your your body's not really made to. It's not designed really in a sense that you need to fast for more than you know time between you norm. You know maybe four hours between a meal, but you're, there's nothing. And when you go to sleep at night, you you fast for like eight hours every day. Hence so. the term breakfast. <laughs> right. You are breaking the fast. Uh, that's where that term came from. In fact, uh, you know, the, the Muslim folks uh, doing their, I believe it's called Ramadan, where they are fasting for approximately a few weeks, um, that is not a true, like, 24-hour fast. Their fast is only from sunup to sundown. So you That's actually right. do get to eat during uh, Ramadan, which sounds much more of a doable fast, a, a much more reasonable sort of fast where you just have to exert the effort to not eat during the daylight hours, and then afterwards you can enjoy a meal after the day is uh, is done. But to, to do something like a juice fast or a water fast sounds really dangerous to I me. I don't know that it's dangerous. I think that uh, fasts have been going on for as long as humans have uh, had religions. And I think that it's, uh, you know, there's value in having that level of control over yourself um you know you're getting plenty of food don't worry as an american you've got all the food you need um you're likely carrying around a nice spare tire you got calories piled up for for a good three weeks not me and and you know and the gentleman I'm talking about is the kind uh, of crap you eat. You shouldn't be. I mean, that's what you. That's what you should do for your fast is eat real food. Yeah, eat foods that you prepare in the the box that makes things hot. I had tacos tonight. It was good. Right. Somebody made else made them for you. That's uh, right. You know, I like, like people making food for me. The uh, I'd love to see the ingredients <laughs> on the back of that. Uh, the you know the the container from which the the the, the spices you know what, came Mark, from. Oh I'm my just, gosh, those are the best tacos ever. And I'm they're not very saying, healthy. I'm just uh, uh, you, you know, know what, healthy. Mark. I'm just happy and grateful that I don't have to run through the woods in a loincloth with a knife in my teeth <laughs> trying to run down chickens and rabbits or whatever and shoot, you know, shooting things and having to cut them up and cook them and spend all this kind of time just trying to get food. What does I'm that just, have to do I am with just, eating vegetables and I have vegetables? Real, whole I'm foods. Just eat, I just am glad that I don't have to go through all that effort and I'm grateful for He's all the food that I have access to. He's saying he appreciates convenience. Convenience and food is very important. Uh, I mean, I look, I know that everybody... Is, you know, there's a lot of people who are very obsessed with the food they eat, and that's and some of them have to be due to some sort of health condition. That that makes sense, and I, I can appreciate that. Uh, but I, I'm sorry, I'm just not going to spend a bunch of time reading uh, a bunch of ingredients. I've got other things to do. You know, and I, I don't have problems with the tacos you got because most of that's real good food. However, you know, the the, the the first thing that came to my mind was the spice pack. But I see you eat these frozen foods constantly. Not a good idea. Yeah. Well. I'm hungry. It's there. Yeah, I know. It's convenient. Doesn't freezing foods preserve their nutrients? Some would argue it does not. Yeah. Take a look at the take a look at the nutrients that are listed on the back. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up what you want. I feel fine, Mark. Thanks. Appreciate You're the concern. 30. It's Free Talk Live. 31. 
On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free. This is Free Talk Live, and that's the point of the program. You can call in, talk about anything you want. We do it live seven nights a week, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy all the features that await you there. Lots of stuff, including listening options, news updates, the Shrine of Female listeners, and more. Shrine of Female listeners, by the way, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing that they're listeners of this program. Shrine.freetalklive.com will take you there. That's Shrine.freetalklive.com. The Seasteading Institute. They want to create freedom on the open seas. Do you know they're having a concert? Co- excuse me, conference? <laughs> you can meet your uh, fellow forward thinkers or um, you know, law, ocean law experts, investors, engineers, entrepreneurs, maritime professionals. If you're over on the West Coast, this is a great idea to make it over to this convention. It's from May 31st to the June 2nd at La Meridian Hotel in San Francisco. There's a discount registration prior to May 1st, which is just a few days away, so you better make your registrations now. Special rates for students and the press. You can get additional 10% off with promo code FTL. You can get registered before the May 1st uh, at uh, seasteading.freetalklive.com. You know, there's a for-profit seasteading sector being created right now. So if you want to be in on those jobs in this uh, exciting liberty field, you need to go to seasteading.freetalklive.com and go to this convention. So we've been talking about a lady who has died as a result of a sunlight fast. She says that she, uh, when she was alive, uh, <laughs> she said that uh, she had viewed a Australian or excuse me, Austrian documentary about an Indian guru who claims to have lived off of sunlight for 70 years, meaning no food, no water. That usually is a uh, is you know, the equation you need to have a, de- a dead body on your hands. And you know, I have to wonder what it was like when she was going through this and feeling whatever pain was coming from the dehydration that she inevitably, it doesn't say here that's what she died from, but that's got to be what she died from, right? Uh, as she was going through this dehydration, you know, w- did she crawl outside and uh, try to get a little bit more sunlight at that point in, in hopes it was going to help her? I mean, how disconnected from reality do you have to be to understand this? Well, she probably thought to herself that this uh, thirst thing was just something she had to get through in order to get to whatever that <laughs> oh state God. of nirvana is where you don't need water anymore. Well, yeah, call the third world countries in which all these people are dying of starvation and thirst and let them know they just need sunlight. More sunlight. Yeah, tell the starving kids in Africa. I think they've got plenty of uh, sunlight over there. The um, you know This really brings up an interesting uh, thought about authority. And people taking their um, – like by authority, I mean experts. Like the Indian guru who claims to have lived right. off sunlight 70 years? And this lady just saw a documentary. She didn't even get around this guy. The documentary yeah. was enough. Mm-hmm. You know, It passed through the, the internet interwebs and she saw it and she was convinced. But, you know, I mean you take it up a, a step 
And then you're talking about people say, you know, that choose like Steve Jobs chose to take uh, natural medicine over, uh, you know, allopathic medicine in treating his cancer mm-hmm. and it killed him. Um, and I'm the cancer sure, killed him. Yeah, the cancer killed him. Right. Well, and the choices killed him, too. Maybe. Maybe he would have died anyway. It's possible. The um, and, and I've got no problem. I take I take all kinds of nutraceuticals and yeah. those kinds of things. Maybe he didn't want to go through the uh, difficulties of you know, the allopathics. Uh, he said he regretted it later. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, you know, he said he wished he had tried other stuff earlier on, but he decided that this would be the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, I, I, I think that I, I know that some of this stuff works. I know it does. I used it on the cat one time and it cleared up his uh, coat. So, you know, tell me it doesn't work. He didn't know anything about it. It wasn't it wasn't a placebo, placebo. for him. Yeah. Uh, you know, and even unless if it, you made unless you transmitted your feelings about whatever it was you're giving him to the cat. The cat possible. really didn't care about my feelings much. I can tell you, senior grouchy pants was pretty self-contained. Did you pet grouchy pants more often when you gave him the medicine? I don't think so. Okay. Um, so, uh, you know. All good points, Ellie. Uh, but, but, you know, the, then you can look at, uh, even when you look at allopathic medicine, there's a lot of prescriptions out there that don't do anything for you. That you don't need to take these things, uh, but you take them because the authority, you know, says The man in the lab coat. Yep. Um, and, you know, the doctor says, take this uh, depression drug, you take it. Rather than going out and getting some sunlight and exercise or. Right. Or talk about your feelings or something. Whatever. Like that. You know, I mean, that they've shown that people with mild depression don't need these medications at all. Right. So. Well, right. I tend to that they're I, worse for them than rather than better. I tend to agree with that. Uh, I know that we used to have a co-host on this show who was medicated for depression, and he was taking I don't remember what they were, but he was taking multiple uh, pills, and one of these pills was resulting in him breaking out severely mm-hmm. uh, all across his back. And it also was uh, killing his sex drive as well, and like. You want to talk about getting more depressed. Right. I mean, you, you now have no sex drive and you've got acne all over and your body. Right. And you've, you're putting on weight as well. One of the other things was it did to him was, uh, was he added weight. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is going to make you even more depressed. How can anybody look at this and say this is a solution? I mean, taking a pill after the fact seems like nothing more than trying to cover over what, whatever the root of the problem is. I mean, there's a reason why you have depression, if, if that's what you have, and solve it at the root. Whatever that is, like you said, get out, get some sunlight, go walk around, see the you know be, the beauty well, of nature. I'm not going to try to diagnose people. Uh, people. Some people have severe depression and they may very well need the medication, but I think that they uh, may. But it's overdiagnosed, don't you think? Yeah, uh, mo- oh, I, I know it is. I I, right. I I know for certain it is because the people that diagnose it will tell you that it's overdiagnosed and that people that come into their office want prescriptions for little pills. See, they don't want to be told to go exercise. That would be a great example of when I. I would support the use of a placebo if someone says, I'm depressed, I need some pill. Yeah. Give them a placebo. They're going to think that the pill's helping them. They're going to think, oh, I just want to go outside because of this pill I took and breathe the fresh air. I feel mm-hmm. so much happier. And then they're going to be happier. Who placebos cares? Placebos work. A trick? I mean, they're, they're, they're very effective. Uh, I, as I understand, red placebos more effective than other colored placebos. Is that right? Yep. And uh, expensive <laughs> placebos more effective than cheap of course, placebos. Of course. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, the placebo effect is fascinating, and I think that when you when you look at it, and of course, for those that don't know, what is the placebo effect? The placebo effect is, uh, you know, I I don't know how to describe it, but giving it's a somebody sugar pill, yeah, giving somebody something that isn't really a medication. Uh, but you tell them that it is, and then therefore they believe it's a medication, and so because they believe it, it becomes true for them, and their malady will clear up. 
And so it really just goes to show, to me, that shows that there's a lot of problems that people have that are created from within. They are created perhaps by one's mental state. Maybe one is uh, is too negative uh, in, in one's own life or paranoid or whatever. They're living in some sort of negative state of vibration that is creating uh, problems, that it's, it's manifesting. Vibration? In, uh, yeah, well, because everything is vibration, isn't it? I don't know. It is because everything at some level is vibrating. Everything is moving. You know the little atoms and uh, molecules. I like to think of it as uh, you know my the the attitude that I choose for myself. Okay, right. That's a factor. And uh, some would would argue that those are vib- you know you are vibrating at a certain frequencies by uh, by doing that. Okay. And uh, you know even things that are solid are vibrating. They are I, moving. Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree uh, with that at all. I just right. uh, I when, don't you, know. when you when you're looking when you start around talking the about world, vibrations, it starts freaking it me. It sounds woo woo. I know. <laughs> but when you're looking around the world, that's what you're seeing. Your your eyes and your ears are interpreting vibrations. They're for interpreting wavelengths. You know, color. Light bouncing are, off those stuff. Those are wavelengths. Yeah. Uh, audio. That's those are waves. Yep. So all you Ear, is, sure. All you are essentially is a uh, is a device that is uh, is interpreting the various different vibrations around it and creating pictures and and audio and sensations and things like that uh, from out of it. So if you are focusing negatively, if you are paranoid, if you are all these negative things, and you're constantly thinking about uh, you know whatever doom and gloom sorts of things, you're less likely, I think, to be healthy, I mean, in the the long run. If you are a hypochondriac, you're somebody who's constantly focused on what's wrong with you, well, what do you know? There's always new things wrong with you. And so... Did you uh, see the article about the lady in Australia that consumed, like, nothing but Coca-Cola, ate junk food, and smoked, died at, like, 32 or something like that? I did not see that. Yeah. That probably had something to do with it, too. (laughs) All that stuff that was uh, vibrating down our gullet. You are what you eat, they say. 855-450-FREE. And Mark, I'll have you know I'm not always eating microwave food. These days we've got uh, all kinds of neat folks out here that cook for one another in the liberty movement. And I eat their food as often as possible because it is just fantastic and it's a great service. So there's a real uh, cooking community going on out here. It's Free Talk Live. Agreed. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number here, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that await you. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. Here with you this evening, it's Ian. Allie. And Mark. And, uh, of course, you can join us over at the, the website if you support the show. You like the fact that the website is free then you may want to contribute by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. You get some perks like access to the amp-only podcast, the amp archives as well. 
uh, you can go to amp.freetalklive.com. The AMP podcast or the AMP archives uh, do not have the same commercial content that uh, the regular podcast does. It doesn't have recorded uh, commercials so we specifically put into our regular podcast because, you know, it costs money to give something out for free. So if you're a Free Talk Live amplifier, you get to the workaround there and you get a couple other perks as well. Go to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more about the AMP program. And most importantly, the three bucks a month that it costs, that's not a lot, uh, the $3 a month goes and is invested into Free Talk Live, and it helps us get Free Talk Live on more radio stations around the country and bring more Internet listeners on board as well. So, once again, go to amp.freetalklive.com. makes a big difference. The guys at Raja Mojo, the, the liberty-oriented band, you've heard their music here on Free Talk Live, and I've certainly been talking about them for the last few weeks. They want to thank everybody who's uh, put the positive comments on YouTube and CD Baby and who's, of course, purchased their music over at cdbaby.com and, of course, the subscriptions on the YouTube channel. Uh, and if you're one of those people out there that supports the idea of liberty-oriented entertainment and you haven't purchased the songs, uh, Raja Mojo's songs at cdbaby.com, I want to encourage you to because we're not going to get more liberty-oriented music if we don't support the liberty-oriented artists out there. Um, Raja Mojo, they've put out four songs, and you can go get all three of them. I downloaded them from cdbaby.com. It was easy. Uh, for three dollars and sixteen cents, so not very much, and this this keeps the ball rolling, keeps perpetuating it. They're at the the top of several of the charts over there. This looks like seven of uh, the charts here. They're in different locations, and it's great. Um, and you know, lots of people have gone and purchased the music, and so you really can't count on them to go and do it again. You can't count on other people to do it for you. You need to go do it. Raja Mojo at cdbaby.com. All right, so again, our toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. The, I think we're pretty much done with the Sunlight article, this lady who has uh, killed herself by attempting to live off of sunlight. Sad. But how do you deal with that? I mean, if you've got a friend who is doing something that is really – I mean, you look at it and you say, oh, my God, that's that seems really dangerous, you know, like trying to live off of sunlight. Uh, how, do you, how do you approach that? What's the best way to – to handle that is somebody if you find somebody who's doing this if it's a friend of yours like you know somebody you find that your friend is like yeah i'm gonna go live off sunlight how how often does this happen well not that often but as i said there's a guy that i know that's doing a, a water fast and i know that he posted about it publicly so a number of his friends did i think express some concern and you know the concern that this could be dangerous uh perhaps and that maybe maybe the you know whatever information is behind the, this idea is questionable uh, the idea that suggests that this is somehow safe or or a good thing or is going to reduce toxins, I guess. Uh, Explain I, to them that you support their right to commit suicide if that's what they wish to do, but that you want them to understand that this is a suicide pact that they're putting themselves on, not some kind of uh, way to live a better life. Right. And then don't try to give them any more attention about it because once you've said your piece, then you're just feeding in. Maybe they're just one attention. Who knows? A lot of people do stuff like this for attention. This lady doesn't Good seem point. like she just wanted attention. She's darn sure dehydrated and killed herself. So if you've ever had to deal with this, uh, maybe you were successful in kind of interceding because obviously you can't force someone to eat. Uh, you you know, you and, and nor would you if you if you gave a, gave a damn about their liberty. They should be free to make uh, bad choices for themselves, obviously. But when you care about somebody, it can be really tough to watch them uh, hurt themselves. Oh, sure. So if you've ever encountered a situation like this and you'd like to share with us, you're certainly welcome to do so. Or maybe you are somebody who advocates uh, things like a water fast. Maybe you've done these things before. I mean, 
The gentleman in question was going to attempt for- fasting from water. Excuse me. Uh, water fast meaning that all you have during the fast is water. Oh, I don't think that that's a terrible idea necessarily. You don't think so? No. It sounds it sounds terrible to me. I can tell you that if I go five hours without eating, I get excruciatingly hungry. Sure. Uh, different like, people have different levels of tolerance for things like this. But How are you supposed to get any nutrients? I mean, taking a pill isn't going to substitute for... Most Americans are walking around with lots of nutrients hanging right around their bellies. Okay, that's nice, Mark. But uh, So would you say that I should go on a water fast? I don't have those uh, nutrients hanging around I've my belly. I've made my recommendation for you, which is to eat whole foods and more vegetables. Thanks. I appreciate that. I've got some salad in uh, in the fridge right okay, now. Good. I appreciate that. Let's try to steer clear of um, just I'm not iceberg ask, I'm not lettuce. Asking you it's what just I crunchy should, water. There's no iceberg lettuce in my salad. Okay, Thanks, Mark. Me. I appreciate all the uh, the health tips. I'm not asking you for a, a recommended diet. You said, well, most Americans have a bunch of fat around their waist. Well, I don't. So should everyone go on a water fast? Is have it I, good for everybody? I haven't made the recommendation that everybody should go on a water fast. Did I say that? No, you said it was a good idea and that most people I said people that have I would not call around. it a bad idea. So, so is, who's water- it a bad idea for? I think that water fasts are going to be, I mean, it's definitely better than a no water or food sort of thing. Um, You can last probably, I don't know, it depends on the person. See, like you're thinner, Ian, so maybe because your metabolism's higher, if you try to just keep from eating any food at all, you might not last as long, but... It sounds horrible. So who should who should not do a water fast? Someone Anybody like who has enough determination to kill themselves by uh, refusing to eat. Those people shouldn't do water fasts. Gotcha. So you would recommend... Would you recommend water fasting? I think that if you're at a, uh, a healthy weight, which is a weight between, uh, you know, certainly below uh, a BSI of like 22 or something like that, then... Eh, you know, maybe a fast of a day or two isn't going to kill you, uh, but you know, once you start once you start extreme. getting down to a body fat percentage of a lo- below ten percent, you're starting to freak everybody out. Yeah. Right. So don't do it if your body fat percentage is below ten percent. How's that? Okay. I, I've heard some doctors will actually tell patients that are morbidly obese. I know that's a different story, but we'll tell sure. them to go on water fasts. Sure. So, I mean, that's hey, interesting. Your that... fat butt doesn't need any more food. <laughs> you just drink some water. Let's go to Mike and Indy listening to WXNT. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. How are you? Hey, what's on your mind, Mike? Hey, I listen to you guys pretty regularly. Um, usually we agree. Sometimes we disagree, but uh, it never makes me upset, uh, except a couple times that you guys have gotten on this subject about depression and some other disorders. Um, and and that really jerks my chain. Uh, okay, what about it? Well, I I really wish you guys would read a little bit more about this, do a little bit more research about it before you start talking about it. Um, particularly when you say things like, you know, just go ahead and get some sunshine, have some positive thought. You know, I'm a very positive person. Um, I have major depressive disorder. Uh, it came on while I was in Iraq, um, and. You know, there is a quantitative, measurable lack of serotonin. It's a chemical imbalance. The science is in dispute over this. Now, I'm not going to claim anybody who has a major depressive disorder doesn't need medication. And I was pretty clear on that. I I thought you made it clear, Mark, that we weren't talking about everybody who's diagnosed with depression. This serotonin, uh, what you're talking about, the science on the serotonin thing isn't real clear from what I understand. Now, I watched a 60-minute special, and it has corroborated some of the things I've looked at on this, uh, this same subject. I don't know if you saw it a few weeks ago, but they're not entirely certain that this is the case. 
If you've got well, PTSD biggest, from Iraq, I would recommend, by the way, uh, MDMA. Uh, yeah, yeah. But the biggest um, issue of dispute about serotonin, which you're talking about, is not whether or not there's a lack of it. If it's a chicken and the egg question, what what comes first? Is it the lack of serotonin that triggers the depression, or is it the depression triggers the lack of serotonin? Is it, is it your actions? You know, are you cause you know something you're doing causing a lack of serotonin, therefore you're getting these other depressive symptoms, or, or is the depression itself causing you know, you know what I'm saying? Good question. I, I hear you. And you're saying that there's no answer to that right now. No, no, and I've asked the same question repeatedly, but it doesn't change the reality of the fact that without medication, for me, um, you know, and, and a lot of other people, this you know, it's not a manageable. It's not a manageable thing, and you're absolutely right. There are some people with very mild cases of depression, and you know, there's a difference between being depressed and having depression, for and, sure. And, and these and people you, get a hold of drugs that they shouldn't be having, and they end up the drugs end up they end up committing suicide over the drugs. So, oh, and I, you're absolutely right. Right. So there's this this balance that needs to be had here. The drugs can be as dangerous as the depression itself. And one, you know, if you don't feel like getting out of bed, you know, some morning or something like that, you're probably not in need of taking Prozac. Or I whatever. think that's all we were saying before is that this is highly overdiagnosed. It's not to say that there aren't people with real serious chemical imbalances like yourself, Mike. If you like to stick with us, we can continue the conversation here in hour three. 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And I feel like we acknowledge that, but maybe not to Mike's satisfaction. It's good to be called in clarify. 855-450-FREE. The SACL CAI toll-free line. I'm just saying a pill would not be my first solution. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. I am so excited about Porkfest this year. Porkfest? What's that? It's the Porcupine Freedom Festival, a fun and educational camping event put on every summer by the Free State Project. This year, it's going to be happening June 18th to the 24th at Rogers Campground in Lancaster, New Hampshire. Okay, I like camping and I definitely like freedom, but my budget is tight. Tickets are only $30 for the whole week if you get them before May 1st. Well, that sounds reasonable, but what goes on there? (laughs) What doesn't go on at Porkfest? There are speakers, family fun, dance parties, karaoke, a comedy roast, hiking, campfires, sports, a wedding, and all kinds of delicious food. But the part that I like best is spending time with other people who love freedom. Mm, That's sounding pretty good to me. Where can I go to learn more? Check out Porkfest.com and make sure you spell pork like a porcupine. P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Like what you see? Looks like a blast. Okay, I'm in. See you at Porkfest. While you're there, check out how you can become a VIP, very important porcupine, for a modest donation. See you at Porkfest. This is Free Talk Live. Toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. And we give you the features on the site there completely free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com here with you tonight. It's Ian. Allie. And Mark. Got a pretty disturbing story coming up here. Allie is going to share with us about a porn producer, a fetish porn producer, who is currently facing uh, some jail time over making movies. We'll explain that here in a moment. Uh, We had a gentleman who was on hold in the last hour. He dropped off the line and was willing to continue the discussion about depression. Uh, He had called in with a bit of frustration 
uh, in that he felt that we weren't treating the topic, which he uh, ostensibly suffers from depression, uh, like real chemical depression, where he says that there's a chemical shortage of uh, serotonin in his brain and he needs pills uh, to make up that difference. And when we were discussing depression in the last hour, of course, we're not experts. (laughs) We're just talk show hosts. And uh, you can we can only believe the experts. And we did talk about we, we actually I you know, we started the conversation about this is an interesting conversation on authority. And by authority, I mean experts, not, uh, you know, the people that can claim to be in charge and, you know, who believes what and how you believe it. You never know who to believe. There's so much information out there on the Internet. This lady thought that the best way to live her life was to believe some Indian guru who said that you could live on uh, sunlight and you didn't need water or food. This advice killed her. Which is really kind of crazy that he's Indian, considering India is one of those places where there's lots of starving people. And I don't know, it just seems like he should know better. Sounds like shtick to sell uh, um, whatever it is that he's selling to me. So getting back to the issue of depression, uh, the gentleman who called in, he ha- said that he'd come down with this uh, severe depression after being in the military. Was it Afghanistan he said that he was I in? I can't remember. I think Iraq. he said – he did say – or no, he said Iraq. Iraq. Either way, he was in a – it sounded like a combat zone kind of uh, situation. And so I would have loved to have had him stay through the news because what I wanted to know is – I mean I could imply it from what he said that uh, – or infer – I could infer infer it, sorry, infer it from what he said that uh, prior to being in the military, he didn't have this problem. So it must have generated from something. And then, Mark, you suggested maybe MDMA as a possible solution. They've done some tests on it, uh, some studies on it. Early studies, early results with relatively small sample sizes have shown that people taking one dose of MDMA in a clinical setting can, uh, you know, with a clinical psychiatrist uh, there or psychologist, psychiatrist prescribes medication, right? So a psychologist might help you work through your your problems by talking to you about it anyway they took mdma with some therapy and were able to defeat post-traumatic stress disorder they were able to defeat ptsd sometimes in just one dose in one dose after none of the typical traditional allopathic medicine styles of treatment for ptsd were effective so this was the last resort uh the taking of mdma which by the way is the uh the shorthand scientific uh, version of M- of ecstasy. Ecstasy is the street name for MDMA. Well, but ecstasy can be a variety of different things. It can things. be. Um, it can be. So. MDMA is what ecstasy is supposed to be. Ecstasy is not sold necessarily as MDMA on the street. It's just sold as ecstasy, and it could be who knows what. Uh, but my point being, that's what it's supposed to be is MDMA. And... So maybe that you know maybe MDMA could could help solve a lot of these people with depression. Maybe you know maybe taking MDMA could help people with depression on a more permanent basis, uh, more so than the idea of getting on some sort of pill that's going to. Of course, it is a pill. It is a pill, but uh, if you can do it in one dose, that's a lot better than getting on a pill for the rest of your life, right? Agreed. Like if you if you could take one pill and actually beat depression or, or PTSD or something like that. As opposed to getting on some crazy pill regimen where you're taking pills every single day when you wake up and go to sleep or whatever the requirement might be at who knows what level of insane cost, uh, let alone the, you know, the, the actual physical effects of taking pills like that. The, the actual cost of taking the pills is a whole other factor. If, if something like that would exist, it would be immensely popular. So sure. I thought he brought up a great point about 
is our insulin and or not insulin, but our chemical imbalances in the brain due to just something that you're born with, or is it something that can occur from you know whatever trauma? That's not what he said, but that's sort of how I interpreted it. That um, can this just occur from events in your life, or is this just something that some people just have? And I wonder what you guys thought. I think that uh, it's clear that some events can cause, uh, you know, cause you to go into depression. I mean, but I think that some people are uh, more prone to it than others. We'd love to have your thoughts at 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Have you ever been diagnosed as depressed and managed to beat the depression without the use of uh, prescription pills? Uh, were you able to get through it by changing the way you think or the way you behave? Or I have a good friend who or... just decided to take control of her life and stop taking the pills. I mean, she was on the pills for years and just decided to years. stop taking them. Years. Did she wean off? Because I've heard if yes. you just stop, then you could like, it kill yourself. depends on the yourself. type of pills. Uh, there are different types of pills out there. She wasn't taking some of the, the, the very worst of them, as I understand I see. It. And so she did wean off and mm-hmm. was – I mean, how did she change her life? What did she do? Were there positive affirmations? Did she – Exercise, getting in a relationship, uh, you know, getting the things that she wanted as opposed to you know, lying around and bemoaning the fact that she didn't have them. So it was a behavior change which got her out of the depression. I mean, you know, she took some self-empowerment classes and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. You know, she found whatever it was that uh, you know, allowed her to move on. We'd love to hear your thoughts, your stories, uh, your advice, suggestions, uh, critique, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. In other news, uh, there's apparently these obscenity prosecutions, which I had heard, we'd heard before that these were done for. Like, oh, the Obama administration, they're going to, you know, they're not going to be doing these obscenity uh, prosecutions anymore. But apparently that's not true because somebody was just, was he convicted? Yes, convicted of federal obscenity charges. So apparently it's still going on. Mm. Maybe he was originally charged back during the Bush administration, but I'm sure Ali's going to tell us a little bit more. Either way, if Obama actually cared about uh, free speech uh, on you know on the Internet or any free speech at all, then they would have dropped these charges. So clearly Obama is just yet another extension of George Bush. And as a reminder, free speech means free speech for unpopular speech. That's because, the point. Because you don't need free speech for popular speech. Obviously, people support popular speech. In fact, uh, those, that was the original intentions behind the First Amendment was to protect those who would be critical of what is popular, was to protect those who uh, – and because that's, that's really important. You don't want to shut down the unpopular speech. If you don't like it, then speak out against it. Usually the best way to handle unpopular speech is with, with more speech. But what is the story here, Allie, and where is it from? This is from LATimes.com, the blog section. Five years after he was first indicted and after two prosecutions enabled uh, ended in mistrials, a Los Angeles-based maker and distributor of niche fetish films was convicted Friday of federal oh, obscenity charges. Hold on. So two times mistrials. Right. Now, this, these things take time, right? So five years was the whole time since he's been indicted. Two Sounds times like a Bush mistrials. Era thing. So, right. So initially Bush era, but then probably after the first or second mistrial, Probably Obama. Yeah, they, they have the option of whether or not to uh, you know, continue on with Vesson with a guy. Right, so they, they tried him a third time. After two mistrials, they kept going. So anybody who's out there saying, oh, Obama cares more about uh, you know, porn, <laughs> porn freedom, <laughs> not true.
Anyway, go ahead. Ira Isaacs, who produced, sold, and sometimes acted in films involving scatology and bestiality. Oh, boy. Oh, my. Was convicted on all five counts of selling and distributing obscene material surrounding oh. four films he sold through a website he advertised as, quote, the web's largest fetish, fetish VHS DVD superstore. Well, at least he gave you a warning. The seven-woman, five-man panel deliberated for less oh, hold than... Hold on a second. <laughs> If what you're looking for is scatology and bestiality, you probably don't need to be warned. And if you come across a a website that is based on that, it's going to be pretty obvious. I don't think anybody's going to accidentally order a film that has to do with uh, scatology or bestiality and then be surprised when they put it in uh, the, their DVD player. Seems maybe, they very think, maybe they're hunters and they're talking about scat, like searching for animals. Beasts? Scat? Uh, Hunters? No, I, I, I think if you go to the... I don't think they're going to show... Well, I guess it is an animal uh, website, so <laughs> I suppose I could be confused. I'd like to see the site. I don't know what to, to think about it at what all. Is, what was his I don't name think again? Liked, I don't think you'd like to see Ira, the site. Ira Isaacs. Ira Isaacs. We're going to hear more about his case and what's he facing as far as jail time. I mean, this is pretty serious. Federal obscenity charges. They've, they've put uh, Max Hardcore in jail for this. It's not the first time they've done this. More on the way here. 855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest liberty forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. All the features that you'll find there are completely free. So once again, freetalklive.com. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. Allie. And Mark. And some of the features you'll find on the site include archives that go way back, all the way to late 2006. And by the way, there apparently was a bug that uh, was causing it, so you could not get archives prior to 2008. I discovered that today. Uh, by the way, if you find bugs before I do, feel free to report them over at bugs.freetalklive.com. Uh, but if you want, you can go all the way back. We've fixed that bug now. You can go all the way back to late 06 and download as many archives as you would like, all for free, freetalklive.com. Bitcoins are the world's first potentially anonymous digital cash. With Bitcoins, there are no contracts to sign or terms of service that you've got to abide by. You can download their free Bitcoin software and be using it in just a few minutes. With Bitcoins, you can send and receive money anywhere in the world without needing permission from any bank or government agency. That means no fees for sending money. Uh, to learn how, visit WeUseCoins.org. And you should see this movie no matter what. It's WeUseCoins.org. I shouldn't say movie. It's a short video. Now, thanks to BitInstant.com. You can have bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank. Buy your bitcoins with cash. Visit bitinstant.com. So we're talking about a disturbing story, and it's disturbing in more than one way. It's disturbing in regards to its subject matter because it has to do with scatology and I'm also, disturbed. Uh, and also bestiality. I'm further disturbed. Among other things, those are just two of the things that this guy was involved in as far as his fetish site. We're talking about a pornographer uh, named Ira Isaacs, mm -hmm. who has now been convicted. 
The jury, by the way, voted 10 to 2 uh, to convict him of federal obscenity charges, so-called. How can they vote 10 to 2? I mean, usually vote vote however they want. Criminal case, you have to be found guilty by the sum total of your peers. Oh, I'm sorry. This was the second trial. This was the mis- the mistrial. Okay. I'm, I'm looking into the Wikipedia page, and I don't think they have the update on his latest trial. So he was he was tried twice. There was a mistrial on both of those occasions. They then brought it back for a third try, and they got their convictions. Thanks for calling me on that, Mark. That you're absolutely right. Um, so this guy was involved in some really disturbing fetish porn. And he put him up on websites. Was looking over at his uh, Wikipedia page. Apparently, he participated in some of it too. So he's he's not just a he's not just the purveyor of it. He's right. a user too. That's right. Uh, ah. Scat Scatmovies dot com was his website. That of course is down now that the feds have gone after him. But thanks to the wonders of the internet and archive dot org, I was able to visit the website uh, during the break as it appeared in two thousand four, prior to the uh, the prosecution. Of this man. Oh, good. And I just wanted to clear it up for you, Allie. There's no way anyone could have stumbled across this website and been uh, thinking that they had come across a hunting website that had something to do with the scat of animals. Because he is into animals and scat, but it's not a hunting website. And it's made pretty clear, uh, especially on his zoo-related website as well, which has uh, pictures of bestiality right there on the front page. So there's uh, on the scat site, there's a woman on a toilet there on the front page, and there's a, a fairly... Uh, prominent warning right at the top hey look you're about to enter a scat website you probably want to turn around now unless that's what you're looking for so it it was a warning just like that too this this guy was not trying to fool anybody into buying his product uh he's he's marketing his very bizarre twisted uh deviant sexual uh, products to the the people that are interested in them and so what's the problem really who cares i don't know about you but i don't want any of my money going to put a man like this in jail how's that going to solve anything how's that going to make anything anyone's life better is that going to stop scat porn from being made no i mean the scat porn is still available on the internet right now this uh this one uh, thing this one trial here that took five or excuse me three different trials in order to over co- five years over five years, I can only imagine the amount of money, taxpayer money, that was spent on going after this guy. Huge. And what has it done except create a job opportunity for the next poop Don't you porn think it's going to send a message, Mark, to all the pornographers, would-be scat pornographers out there and Move out of the United States. That's the message it's sent. So really, if, you know, someone could make up any kind of porn they wanted to, if there's no demand for people to see that kind sure. of porn, no one's going to watch it. So what the jury is really looking at is, I'm just so dis- you know, they screened the videos at the trial, mm-hmm. and they're just thinking, they're so disgusted that anyone would sure. like something like this, that they might as well just, you know, send this guy to jail over being a part of it. To hell with free speech. Right. To hell with free speech. We're disturbed by what it is that you're doing, mister, and so we're going to put you in a cage. This is how insane this country has become. Now, what is it that he's facing as far as a punishment? Has he been sentenced yet? Do you know if that's revealed here? I do not think he's been sentenced, but I'll continue to look to make sure. Yeah, let's get some more from this uh, this piece here. What's what's the source on this? L.A. Times? L.A. Times blog. Do you want to share more? Is there more that uh, that you can share? Yeah, there's there's more. Uh, so the seven woman five panel uh, deliberate five man panel deliberated for less than two hours Friday after a week long trial. The bulk of which was made up of screening of the four films. So I guess this whole week they're the just watching. The bulk of the trial. Right. 
Meaning they actually screen the full. Fa- Do you really need to see the whole thing to get an idea for what's <laughs> what was going on? I, you know, a, a short clip would have been, uh, I think, sufficient. Two were Isaac's creations, and two were films he imported from Japan and distributed. Ah, uh, yes. In fact, uh, that might have been. Uh, let's see. They had Gangbang Horse. Uh, were involved there, and then, yeah, a couple other things probably shouldn't mention their titles. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so Isaac's first trial in 2008 was halted after the judge recused himself following a Times report that the judge's personal website contained some sexually explicit material. <laughs> Isaac's, <laughs> Isaac's second trial earlier this year ended in a mistrial after jur- jurors deadlocked to 10 to 2 in favor mm. of guilt. So okay. what you guys were talking about. Isaac took the stand in his own defense this week, which I like that he defended himself, as he did in his March trial, saying his intent was to create, quote, shock art inspired by authors and artists, including Frank uh, Kafka and Marcel Duchamp. Isn't it Franz Kafka? Kafka? Franz. Yeah, Franz. Franz, sorry. Uh, He says, I'm an artist and my stuff is art because I say it is, he said. Art is what artists do. I like how he he's blunt about it. Well, right, and art is usually like the a lot of uh, art is is very controversial. I mean, uh, art that is controversial is going to get more attention. Uh, art that is bland, yeah, you know, who cares? And, and when you think about this for a second, I think that the uh, the, the what I can't remember what the the government's uh, art program is, where they dole out money to artists. But right. this has made people. This has turned people against art even more thoroughly. A lot of people feel jilted by modern art or whatever performance mm-hmm. art because this isn't real art where where are the horses and the trees um but at the same time these same people their tax money small amount is going to fund this kind of stuff and then when you Mm -hmm. see things like what what is the old one piss christ uh where they somebody took a you know they took a picture of uh you know a glass full of urine with a uh, crucifix in it and they called that art well i don't care what you call art I do care whether or not you get a government grant to make it. This guy was not working with government money. He was right. you know, doing his but own it, thing. But people have been turned. To, but people don't pay attention. They, they're not. They're not really tuned in. All they know is that people have been sort of generally turned against art more thoroughly because the government uh, forces us to fund some of it. Let's continue here in moments. Want to hear from you? If Isn't you- it crazy that the government pays for something called piss Christ, but then throws a guy in jail for selling urine porn? Yeah. It's crazy. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Also, uh, one of his videos was Japanese Doggy 3-Way. 855-450-FREE. Now, if you're someone who thinks this guy should go to jail, I want to hear from you. 855-450-FREE. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number here is 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find waiting for you there. Once again, freetalklive.com and our features include the mobile site. Those of you with a smartphone, you can access our mobile site at m.freetalklive.com. M as in mobile.freetalklive.com. 
that's where you can go to uh, listen in on our live streams, which we have there available to you around the clock. Plus, you can grab the podcast over at m.freetalklive.com, and we'll link you to the software you need to do those things, m.freetalklive.com. Now, Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Porcupine Freedom Festival. That's pork as in porcupine, porkfest.com, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T.com. It doesn't have to do with uh, bestiality, trust me. It's, uh, it's a really <laughs> cool uh, festival where there are, for an entire week in the woods in northern New Hampshire, there are hundreds of like-minded, liberty-oriented people hanging out. It's a great socializing and networking occasion. It's uh, There's family fun. In fact, this year, the family activity is going to be expanded even more so than uh, than years previous. Yep. Uh, in addition, there's also adult-style uh, parties. Uh, the Big Gay Dance Party is going to be in its third year uh, this year, which is uh, a lot of fun. I went to, it, uh, to the Gay Dance Party last year, and it was a, a blast. Uh, and there's more than that, of course. Uh, plenty of uh, live bands will be there. There are going to be, I believe, a comedian. I believe JJ's bringing at least one comedian back. I know uh, JJ, our Thursday night co-host, is in charge of all of the musical and comedy acts at Porkfest this year, as he was last year. And there'll be a roast. That's right. I believe uh, Chris Lawless, the organizer of the Liberty Forum, one of the super activists up here in New Hampshire, is going to be roasted. Uh, in addition, He's Ron Paul's giant. That's right. Uh, in addition to that, there will be karaoke. There's going to be the uh, the Soapbox Idol, which is kind of a rant, open mic rant competition. Free Talk Live, we're going to be broadcasting live there every single night. There's Agra Alley, where people will be selling various different wares, including completely unpermitted uh, products such as food. It's just going to be a good time. So if you love liberty, if you understand what freedom's all about, and you want to be around other people that get it, this is the place to go. Go to Porkfest.com. You can still get the early bird discount for the next few days right up through the end of this month over at Porkfest, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T.com. It's coming up, though. We're talking about less than two months from now. So get on it, Porkfest.com. All right, we've been talking about a disturbing story, and it's really sick. I mean, the dude that is involved here... He's a porn purveyor and actor and acts in his own films, which have to do with bestiality and scatology, as well as other nasty things like vomiting and other bodily fluids that normally you would not want to ingest. Double yuck. uh, Or encounter or rub all over you or whatever it is that Uh. they do uh, with these things. But as despicable as we behind these microphones may find this behavior or these movies, which... Thankfully, we haven't seen, uh, but the jury was forced to see. As despicable as we may find them, in order to have free speech, we have to allow others to be free. And that means allowing things that would normally gross us out or we would find detestable or we find absolutely offensive. It doesn't mean you have to watch it. It or doesn't accept mean you have it. to listen. You have to watch it if the government brings the uh, the case against them. And that's what the prosecution did in this circumstance. This trial went on for how many days? Uh, went on for a week. For a week. They tortured this jury. Right. The jury had to watch every one of these films or, you know, the selected ones it's of horrifying. these films. Can you imagine? Over no. And, that's, I mean, just awful. I mean, yeah. By the time you're done watching all those films, of course you want to throw the person in jail. But seriously, there's a difference between... Um, like, just because you're against something, you can rail against this kind of porn, and that's totally different than wanting to make it illegal. There's a difference between wanting something to be illegal and wanting in uh, not accepting something or being against something. So, just because I you think... I am thoroughly against this. Ju- yeah. Mark, great, Mark is a great example. I'm against who's, the porn, but I'm more against uh, putting this man in a jail cell. Agreed. Right. 
And I think you, you made a good point, Mark, that the, the jury in this case being forced to watch this right. absolutely vo- vomit inducing kind of film. The sad thing about America today is, you know, you used to look at jury trials, and I think I, this is speculation from what I've uh, been looked at in the past is I think that juries in the past were more interested in freedom. I think that Americans have just become lax about the ideas of freedom, and sadly, I, what makes they you think blame was, this guy. Wait a minute. What makes you think it was more uh, Because more like there were the better jury results in the past regarding trials. I mean, you know, just looking at them. Uh, how do you know you're not just uh, hearing more about the better ones you're rather right. than living it's through possible. that? And it's hearing. possible. So you've got this jury being forced to watch these films. By the way, Mark, we've uh, pulled up two girls, one cup in this uh, oh, studio God, before. Oh, God, that was awful. I mean... You don't have to watch that for more than 30 seconds. I, I know I didn't watch it for more than 30 to seconds. To be completely disgusted. Can you imagine having to watch 90 minutes of something like that? Something that is probably even more offensive than Two Girls, One Cup. Because it's meant for people that are into that kind of thing. Right. Well, if you made me so sit through cup, but... a horror film, I would feel exactly the same way. I don't like horror movies. I don't even like horror movie commercials coming on because mm. I'm too, so sensitive to it. So, yeah, don't force me to watch a horror movie and expect me to think rationally about it afterwards. Luckily, you aren't forced to. You can turn it off. Luckily, I'm not forced to. And no Also, one... a horror movie... Uh, you know, part of the nature of a horror movie is they can only get you so many times inside the movie. They can only jump out and yeah. get you just a couple of times during the movie. I'm scared the entire time. Agreed, oh but it's because you're if if they if it was jumping out every three minutes, then it wouldn't be scary anymore. And that's sure. the nature of horror. But However, I think it's nature... going to happen every three seconds. I gotcha. It, it is clear it has what damaged happened you. to you. How did you get damaged like that? I just hate horror. I've always been was it really... something when you were a little girl. Like... No, I don't think I don't I don't. If it is, then I haven't retraced my uh my childhood in such a way but the nature of scat porn is they're going to fill as much of the time up it with whatever it is that you want to buy that makes the good scat film from the standpoint of somebody who will is willing right. to part if, with however many if you're dollars. looking to buy a scat film you don't want a scat film that has two minutes of scat in a 90 minute film right whereas right. A, a horror movie is only going to have two or three jump out scenes where they go yeah. you know and get you um which i find to be the uh, the worst part of it <laughs> so, uh, is there more that you wanted to highlight from your news article here at LATimes.com about I this just, porno? I wanted to share what the Department of Justice prosecutor said to his defense, Isaac's defense, that um, he's an artist and his stuff is art because he says it is. They said, obviously, simply a desperate attempt by the defendant to avoid being held account- accountable under the law. Um, I feel like it's a desperate attempt because I don't think it's really, you know, I, I don't personally view this as art but if somebody claims their stuff is art how are you going to claim otherwise art is this funny little term that you really can't you know i don't view it as art right. i view it as scat porn well that's the but thing i think that you should be free to make scat porn if you want because the first amendment protects free speech and freedom of the press he's producing something in the in media in the area of media and i know that you need these protections in order to protect unpopular speech right that's part part of the problem with these laws they make in which there's no victim because they use words that you know are subjective obscenity. under the legal definition of obscenity the material in question must must have no serious artistic scientific literary or political value in addition to appealing to prurient purient prurient prurient, prurient interests and being offensive by community standards so <laughs> Uh, that's an attack on the First Amendment right there. There's Clearly. nothing that's fair about that. Sure. By the way, right. it's, not, it's not First Amendment if the community is upset. 
Right. And the, the whole idea of obscenity, uh, th- that definition is just always just so nebulous. It's so easy for them to fit anything that they don't like inside that definition of obscenity. You find a jury of average people that are going to be offended by whatever it is the so-called obscenity is, and then you turn them loose and they find somebody guilty. Right. And, and the jury doesn't have the option of holding the prosecution in any way, shape, or form, guilty in this. If the prosecutor could be put, like, this is the thing that bothers me about criminal charges in these certain circumstances. If you have a civil case where somebody's coming in and, you know, they're, they're making a case, they've got skin in the game. They've hired a lawyer. They're saying that this other person has jilted them in some way, shape, or form. I mean, you can hold them responsible in this way, all kinds of different things. You know, uh, you can, lawyers' fees, that kind of thing. The prosecution in a criminal case has no skin in the game. If they lose, nope. they go home. Their life hasn't changed one nope. whit. Right. I mean, even if court costs or, uh, or you know, uh, you know, fees are imposed, they don't have to pay them. The taxpayer does. AVN is the adult video news website, and they have a report on this that has a little bit of detail on what happened during jury deliberations. Give you an idea of uh, what the jury was thinking based on the questions they were asking the judge uh, during deliberations, because usually a jury can come out with questions to clarify. Uh, so we'll come back and uh, share those with you as well. 855-450-FREE. You can take control. Do you think that this guy should go to jail? The Seasteading Institute. They want to create freedom on the open seas. Did you know they're having a conference? You could meet fellow forward thinkers and discover where you fit into the up-and-coming for-profit seasteading sector. It's May 31st to June 2nd at La Meridian Hotel in San Francisco. Discounted registration prior to May the 1st. Special rates for students and the press. Get 10% off with promo code FTL. Get registered before May the 1st at seasteading.freetalklive.com. Seasteading.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want at 855-453. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us over at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features that you'll find there, and they are completely free. Now, if you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, go to promote.freetalklive.com. You'll find out how to get a free bumper sticker, as well as you can download uh, web graphics for your website. You can have a banner for Free Talk Live. You can also download high-res graphics with which you can, I don't know, make T-shirts or whatever you want to do with our high-res graphics. You can do that over at promote.freetalklive.com, plus flyers you can print out and more. Promote.freetalklive.com. Ian here with you tonight. Allie. And Mark. Allie's here courtesy of her very own radio show, Ladies in Keen, which you can hear over at Ladies in Keen. That's K-E-E-N-E, ladiesinkeen.com. Uh, it's produced once a week, so uh, it's, it's pretty easy to consume, and you get more Allie. Over at ladiesandkeen.com. We are talking about a disturbing story. Probably the most disturbing story you'll hear all week. Uh, because it's about scat and bestiality. And what, uh, how it is that, that those particular fetishes have gotten one porn producer, what was it, Ira Isaacs? Yes. Put in, possibly put in jail. According, guilty. He's been found guilty uh, of federal obscenity, so-called obscenity charges after a 45-minute, uh, excuse me, about a two-hour deliberation by a jury of his so-called peers. They found him guilty. He is now facing years in prison, according to this uh, news story at AVN, that's AVN.com. Uh, he 
was visibly shaken as the jury foreman read the guilty verdicts on the five counts, each of which could net him five years mm. in what may end up being a minimum security federal prison. But prison's prison. Yeah. You, don't, you don't get to run your own life when you're in prison. Uh, and so, I had a friend who was in minimum security federal prison, and actually there was just a line on the ground. They didn't even have a fence. So... <sighs> I don't know what the sentencing is going to be here. It's going to be several months before he is sentenced. August 6th is when he's going to be sentenced. Hopefully we'll hear again an update on this story at that time as to what uh, what will happen to him. But this guy shouldn't be – he shouldn't have even had to spend the time in the courtroom, let alone whatever time they're going to put him in behind bars for this. Agreed. I don't agree with scat and bestiality. I find it despicable. But that doesn't mean I think it should be prohibited. I, I don't think that people who are speaking things that I find disgusting – I think the well, KKK is disgusting. I think racism's gross. I, I don't like any of these things, but I can we just were, choose to not associate with we've them. We mostly talked about scat porn here and haven't ta- uh, touched on the bestiality thing. I think that bestiality is animal abuse. Now, I'm not of the opinion. What if the dog or the horse is doing the act? I, I think it's, I, I, you know, I dep- I, certainly it depends on the issue. If the, if the animal is being caused harm, um, okay. in my opinion, it's animal abuse. But I still don't think that people should, uh, that, that we should have the legal system dealing with that. Because, so it should be, okay, so you're not saying it should be illegal to harm an animal? Well, the reason is, is because to one person's animal abuse is another person's, um, you know, slaughterhouse. Some people right. think that killing an animal for any purpose is abuse. Some people right. think that keeping an animal in your house is abuse. Sure. So where do you draw the line there? I think that, right, Mark, that uh, when it comes to animals and alleged abuse, I think that needs to be handled in the court of public opinion, that people should be ostracizing people that they feel are doing wrong to their animals. Like, oh, well, if Look I how find it's, out. It's been pretty successful with, I mean, you don't have kangaroo boxing anymore. And that pretty much, you know, I mean, I, I'd say that the animal activists, I don't know if it's illegal. It probably is illegal. But I, I'd say that, you know, if somebody was doing that, it, it wouldn't be real popular. Even bullfighting is, is gone. Let me give you a look into this jury here and what they were doing. Uh, According to AVN.com, the quick verdict was a slight surprise because after deliberating for about 45 minutes, the jury foreman sent two notes out to the judge. The first asking for a definition of the term morbid, which had been used in the court's definition of prurient interest, which had been defined for the jury as a morbid, degrading, and unhealthful interest in sex or excretion. The second note asked whether the charged material had to fit all three descriptive terms in that definition in order for them to find him guilty. So this shows that the jury's doing what most juries do. What most juries do, they're looking at the law, they're looking at the charging document, yep. and they're determining: Well, does this uh, man uh, what he did? Does this fit what these words on this piece of paper say? They're not asking themselves. What about the Constitution? What about freedom of speech? Does this law contradict the freedom of speech? If so, shouldn't we throw this law out? Shouldn't we find this guy not guilty, use our power of jury nullification to find this guy not guilty because this law is a clear violation of the founding precepts of this country? They're not talking about those things. They're just you know, nitpicking over the little details and the facts of the case, which is exactly what the state agents want you to think that's what they want you to do that's what that's the whole jury's system is built around this myth that the jury is only supposed to look at the definition of the law and the facts in the case and decide whether they fit but that's not true there's also jury nullification which means that you as a juror can uh, can vote not guilty based on your conscience if you walk but that wouldn't get you home as quickly True. If you walk into – well, hopefully we're talking to people that have some principles. If you walk into a courtroom 
and they're presenting a case to you and it looks open and shut from the facts like, yep, this guy made porn. Yep, it's obscene. Yep, blah, blah, blah. blah. Okay, yep, he's got a bunch of pot on him or whatever. If you look at these cases and it's crystal clear, they broke the law as it's written, it doesn't matter. You can still find that person not guilty because if you're like me and you give a damn about freedom, you can exert that. You can vote your right of conscience and you can find that person not guilty. doesn't matter what evidence they have uh, amounted against him. It matters what you think. It matters what you feel. Sure. But these jurors don't, you know, they didn't know that. And if they knew it, they didn't care. Because we've we've had juries up here that have been informed of jury nullification, but yet went ahead and found people guilty anyway. Don't seem to care much. Nope. And for whatever the reasons were, we don't know, right? In some cases, one juror told us, occasionally we'll get to actually interview a juror. It's very rare that one of them wants to talk about what they've done to another human being. But in one case, uh, Juror Jim Tells All, if you look in in YouTube for Juror Jim Tells All, you can actually find one uh, interview with a juror after they found our peaceful friend Jim Johnson uh, guilty in in the, uh, the trespass case where he was just protesting in a jail. And he mentioned that he might have been more likely to find him not guilty had constitutional issues been brought up. Uh, But, you know, you can bring up the Constitution, too, and it's not necessarily going to work on somebody. It's just so sad. It's just tragic to see this happen. And no one has, by the way, called to say they think this man should be put in a jail cell. But I know you exist. I know you're out there, obviously. Somebody supports these obscenity laws that are putting peaceful people behind bars for making porn when i tried like. to, when i tried to bring up constitutional issues in um the, the my, my trial recently they, they didn't want to hear them at all well like, this was not a jury me. trial agreed but i'm just i'm just pointing out but the judge has the same ability the judge is supposed to judge the law he himself i mean it's a thousand years of jurisprudence it's called i mean the j's in front of these things all refer to justice but they talk about just enforcing the law and they can't abdicate their responsibility towards justice because of the law. Well, but it's their job to get conviction. It's their job to do the state spitting, not uh, what's right and what you know, not to not to do what's right. In fact, Mark, it's interesting you bring that up because uh, Michelle Seven was in court this week, and she was at a bench trial where it was a judge, no jury. She was uh, charged with uh, not registering her car. Mm-hmm. And she decided to take this to trial because she believes in the right to travel. She believes the idea that you don't have to ask some government bureaucrat's permission to go from point A point to point B as long as you're going to do it safely. And so she took this to trial. I think she did a pretty good job, all things considered. But at the, toward the end of the trial, she actually asked the man in the robe to use his power to nullify this law. Agreed. And he laughed at her. No, it was the same, it was the same guy. That's right. I mean, you know, he, he has no intention of doing that. Nope. I mean, this this the same Rube re- ruled on a case before mine, before it was rested, and, and likely had to uh, ab, you know abdicate his ruling as a result. Laughter is a funny emotion because it sort of represents uncomfortability, mm, and yeah. I think that it can. Yeah, I mean, he could have just been laughing because he's like, "Oh, you you silly free stater or whatever," but. <laughs> You know, I, I think to some extent he realizes that that's a possibility, but he laughs because he knows that he would never do that with the incentives he has. Yeah, the that's incentives correct. certainly aren't there. Well, he's going to lose his judgeship if he starts overturning, uh, conv- you know, Too starts overturning bad laws. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how long. 
You don't know how long it would be until he loses his judgeship? Right. I don't either, but it's as soon as they got wind up at the attorney general's office, they'd probably put the word out fast. Can they really get rid of a judge at that point? They'd put the, pull the, they put certainly the, don't act like they can. Put the screws to uh, the, you know, the governor or something. There must be some process for them to get rid of this judge. I think it's the, I think the only way to get... I don't know. They um, act like they can't get rid of cops either, but when that lady cop pulled some other cops off of this guy they were beating up, they fired her. They went right Apparently after. it's not that hard as long as you can prove that she went against the... The brotherhood. You know, brotherhood, basically. Yeah. Right. God, I saw two thin blue line bumper stickers while I was out driving today. Made me sick. Yeah, it's it's really a gang symbol. Uh, these thin blue line stickers are the stickers that uh, you know, I guess, law enforcement use to identify each other. They're black and and blue. Uh, mm-hmm. with a, they're black with a blue line across. It's a them. horizontal blue line. And I mean, you know, under any other circumstance, they'd be called a gang symbol. But because, Ooh, yeah. but because they're for law enforcement, then it's just fine. And we know why they're there. They're uh, supposed to be cop repellent. Please don't give me a ticket. I mean, you know, people, fire departments. Why do you think firefighters put the uh, that multi? cross on the back of their bumper sticker. They want tickets. We're out of time for tonight. Uh, So, we'll see you tomorrow online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Remember, if you don't support the free speech of those who are saying disgusting things, eventually they might take your speech away, too. See you tomorrow. Available now, four new songs from Raja Mojo. Raja Mojo. That's R-A-J-A-M-O-J-O. Raja Mojo. I am mad. Dirty ass. Take away everything you can get. Take them along with this affordable plan. I call it democracy. Mojo. Everybody knows the game is rich. The poor stay poor, the rich stay rich. Four new songs from Raja Mojo. Buy them today at Amazon, iTunes, Napster, and at a discount at CDBaby.com.